No portion of this program will be reproduced without the express permission of the biggest names, the best talent. You're listening to Sports Radio 560 WQAM, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Bring a bag of food for the fat cheerleaders or whatever the hell they are. Marlins win! Marlins win! Marlins win! Marlins Give me another beer. Oops, I'd like a moron. This time. Every time he speaks. It's the way God wants it to speak. Wants to take a city and cover it in sweets. Ray Nagin can. Ray Nagin can? Ray Nagin can. Ray Nagin can because he wants to make New Orleans taste good. And I don't care what people are saying. He sounds like Jesse Jackson. We as black people. His comments are bizarre. Surely God is mad. He compares the locals to a Willy Wonka bar. Chocolate. Ray Nagin can. Yes, Ray Nagin can. Ray Nagin can because he wants to make New Orleans taste good. It's time for us to come together. It's time for us to rebuild a New Orleans, the one that should be uptown or wherever they are. This city will be chocolate, a chocolate New Orleans. He never takes the blame for anything he says. Chocolate at the end of the day. Put that chocolate in some coffee and you'll pop Juan Valdez, Ray Nagin Ray Nagin can. You know I can. Ray Nagin can, cause he wants to make New Orleans taste good. You can't have New Orleans no other way. It wouldn't be New Orleans. You can't have it no other way, yeah. A moron. 1002 at 560 WQAM. Well, the world's full of morons, we know that. Have we got Zach with us today or what? He is. He's just uh, finishing up some stuff on the other show, and he'll be right over. Finishing some stuff up. In other words, he's taking a big dump. Is that what you're trying to say? Um, actually, a gigantic I, don't think Joyce? I don't think he's doing that right now. A GJ? Uh, a gigantic Joyce? At any rate, I heard Joe ranting and raving. At least he can speak again now. That's good. Oh, for Christ's sakes. And I forgot all about that drop-in. You know which one I'm talking about? You probably don't. No. In fact, you may never have heard it. Yeah, you heard it. Which one? The one where Tom Hopkins says, Speak, Joe, speak. That one. Oh, I've heard it. But anyway, he was ranting and raving about the uh, all the noise out there at the ballpark. I don't know why he's ranting and raving about it, because it's nothing new. The uh, Panther game, since they built that new arena, although we did, some of us finally got him to tone it down a little bit after the first couple of years. The, the music in there was so loud, not only couldn't you talk to anybody else, you couldn't hear yourself think. Which maybe that was the method behind their madness, you know. Maybe. They don't want you to think, because then you realize what crap you're seeing out there on the ice. See, the, the whole thing now with all the, with the cheerleaders and the dancers and the fat uh, goofballs, it's all a cover-up for the fact that the product that they're putting out there is, is garbage. You've got all this water. It's like taking a fine wine and watering it down. You know, taking like putting it in a glass and then filling the rest of it up with uh, water. People don't do that, do they? And that's what they've done with professional sports. All the expansion, man. Every, even like uh, Chappaqua is probably going to have to have like a major league something. Call it Major League, and all of a sudden it's Major League. You know, put a bunch of uniforms on a bunch of minor league guys, and oh, they're big leaguers, baby. Right. That's what professional sports has become all about mediocrity. And so you got to jazz it up a little bit. You got to, like, uh, w- used to be back in the day, and I don't want to sound like an old fuddy duddy, even though I certainly am. 
But uh, the, the game stood for itself. You didn't need all of that. You know, back in the uh, 50s when the uh, Yankees and the Indians would play those four- and five-game series, and there would be like 65, 70,000 people at Municipal Stadium in Cleveland and the same in Yankee Stadium in New York. And, and it, it, the, you didn't need all of that extraneous crap because the, each game had tremendous significance. Now it's like, well, it's crap. So that's really the answer, but of course Joe isn't going to say that because he's part of the jockocracy, so God forbid that we should say all the expansion has created rampant mediocrity. They would call it parody. It's called rampant mediocrity. A bunch of minor league goofballs running around with uniforms on pretending to be major leaguers. And a bunch of steroid-loaded uh, uh, goofballs breaking all kinds of records, which, is, uh, which proves that nobody really cares anyway. Give me the money. That's what it's about. Give me the money. Build me a stadium and give me the money. I got a great column, by the way, later on. Boy, it's really good. All right. From Washington, D.C. And the guy who wrote it rips the hell out of Mark Fisher, who used to work at the Herald, who wrote an, a piece in, um, what, what do they call the Herald Sunday magazine? The Parade? No, it's not Parade. It's whatever they called her thing. Uh, Dave oh, the Topic? Or whatever you say. Yeah, that's it. it. Now. Front page story about me with the tears coming down my eyes and the phones are ringing all this other crap. Mark Fisher did everything in their power to make me look like a jackass because the Herald hated me like poison, and they still do, and I hated them then, and I hate them now. Dave Zirin in the nation, sports writers swoon over D.C. ballpark. Oh, it's grim. I'm going to move it up in my pile. How do okay. you like that? Huh? Sounds good to me. It is good. It's a good column. And he rips Mark Fisher and ass and everybody else at the Washington Post for getting all goosey and emotional about the new stadium they finally built in D.C. And, oh, my God. And, of course, meanwhile, people are starving and all kinds of crap is going on. But that's uh, America for you. And that's the world we live in. Fat cheerleaders, my fat ass. Oh, my God. You, you people. And then, of course, there are the silly people that go out and subsidize it. Those are the best. The people like Norma Kent, like that. Hey, Norma. You fairy. <coughs> Boy, I don't know what it is. There's something in the air here. Bad. Maybe if I turn that the baseboard heating down, you think? Yeah, sounds good. Yesterday was supposed to be that Indian summer was going to be 58 degrees. Well, it did get up to 57, I think they said. But that was like for about 10 seconds. And then it got really windy and cold and nasty and ah, uh, like that. Well, when now, I came in this right morning, now, it was uh, overcast and rainy here, so. Minus 2 now. It's 28. All right. Fahrenheit. And the high is going to be 41, but sunny, a big, bright sun. Sun is shining right now. It's beautiful. Much too nice to be uh, sitting in here talking a bunch of crap. Here is the story of the century. Forget about uh, the war. Forget about the economy. Forget about all of these uh, All of these things. things. And, of course, it's from the U.K. where the people just can't get any sillier. Or just when you think they can't, they do. Burger King U.K. announced today... The launch of its latest salvo in the Battle of the Burger Wars, the new left-handed Whopper. Huh? Which became available nationwide yesterday, April 1. No fooling, I don't think. The U.K.'s most preferred hamburger will still consist of lettuce, onions, pickles, mayonnaise, ketchup, and four-ounce flame-grilled burger patty. Hold the lettuce, hold the pickle, but, uh, but the sandwich has been redesigned to fit more comfortably in the left hand. This will result in fewer condiment spills for left-handed hamburger lovers. I didn't know hamburgers were left-handed or right-handed. If you'll shut up and listen, you'll find out, Fatso. Okay. The new left-handed Whopper will have all the condiments rotated 180 degrees, thereby redistributing the weight of the sandwich so that the bulk of them skew to the left. We've always been proud of the fact that we've offered 1,024 ways to order our flagship Whopper sandwich. Now we're offering 1,025 ways. 
It's the ultimate have-it-your-way for our left-handed customers, says Lorraine Thompson, marketing director for Burger King UK. This is not an April Fool's prank, I don't think. Is this from yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. It's from two days ago. That's April Fool's. No, it's not! The left-handed club estimates nearly 11 million left-handed customers visit Burger King restaurants in the UK each year. Lauren Milsom from the club comments, We're delighted that Burger King has recognized the difficulties of holding a burger in your left hand that has a natural right bias to it. We urge all left-handed hamburger lovers to visit their nearest Burger King and taste the difference for themselves. Initially, the left-handed Whopper will only be available in the U.K. However, Burger King's considering plans to roll it out to other countries with large left-handed populations. Obviously, it's a April Fool's joke, or maybe it's not. I don't know. I don't think so. It's got to be. Famous lefties. Paul McCartney had a left-handed guitar made especially for him. Busty model Melinda Messenger. Legendary guitarist Jimi Hendrix was a lefty. Supermodel Sophie Dahl. Former England cricketer Dave Gower. Cricketer. TV presenter Sarah Green and former MP Roy Jenkins. Lefty facts. 1965, left-handed scissors introduced into the U.K. 95, first left-handed checkbook with the stubs on the right was launched by Lloyd's Bank. And in 98, launched a left-handed ergonomic computer mouse brought lefties into the 90s. How do you like that? A left-handed mouse. Not too bad. Well, look at that. We had a million fifteen votes on the poll yesterday. Nice going, Eric. Million sixteen. Wow. April fooling. That was our only April fool. What are you other talking about? We had a million votes. Other than showing up. Oh, shut up. Quit being such a turd. Huh? The best days of my sex life are in the past, 536. In the future, hopefully, 247. So we had 1,015 votes. Boy, I'll tell you, it's tough getting the votes these days. That's because we got these 75 new sports stations, man. The audience, talk about watered down like sports. Everything is watered down. That's what I hear. Instead of having like, uh, you know, eight major league teams in each league, let's have 100. Let's have 500. How about Batavia, New York? It's major league baseball and hockey and football and b-ball, of course, also. Yeah. can play in Batavia. The best days of our sex life in the future, hopefully 247. In the present, like right this minute, and it's great, 161. Right. I'm asexual, 43, eh? And my best days of my sex life are over because I said I do, 28. 28 people I got hitched, and that's when the sex stopped. That's when it became like uh, a duty instead of like a joy, instead of a spontaneous something. All right, let's look at today's poll, if we must. So when's Zach coming in? Uh, he's moving his stuff over here right now, and so uh, he should be good to go in a minute or two. George is on vacation this week, by the way, for those people that miss George really badly and desperately, although he does have that two-minute spot with uh, Roseanne, so it'll be on later on. Yeah, Zach's dealing with, um, I forget what he called them, but, you know, the lawyerish people right now. With the what people? The lawyerish people, I forget what they're called. Lawyerish? Yeah. Well, what are you talking about? I guess Joe did something wrong, so, you know, he's talking to them right now. Yeah, Joe uh, blurted out GD on here, and uh, they had to dump it. Son of a... Bitch. Where? Well, we can say that. But, uh, yeah, I guess he just got carried away. Maybe he thought it was uh, Jeremiah Wright Day or something. I don't know. But the ex-jocks, of course, they, they can say whatever they want. Those of us who are just talk show people, oh, my God, Roger said uh, douchebag or whatever, you know, and right away Joyce is having a nervous crap. Okay, we have 745 votes on your poll, which means we got a 1,000 licked easy today. Yep. And Eric's got the new one up and loaded. Thanks to our friend Sean in Hollywood for tomorrow, so it's already... When we get to 1,000, we can swish it. Uh, here it is. Regardless of your position on the issue, which of these is most likely to influence your vote for president? 
the economy. And that was like a late edition. It wasn't even on there, for Christ's sakes. Who the hell, who gave me that fool? I don't know, some nameless goofball. The economy, of course, it's the economy, stupido. 271, the Iraq War, 252, pretty close. Foreign policy in general, 51. Healthcare, 49. God stuff, separation of church and state, etc. The God Squad, 27. Like my neighbor over there who hates me like poison, I found out, and I'm very pleased because the feeling is mutual. <laughs> Immigration, 27. Taxes, 27. Gay rights, 10. Cuba, 9. Drugs, 7. Gun rights and such, 6. The space program, 5. Israel, 4. Oi. Education, 3. Welfare, 2. And FCC stuff and abortion both have the big O. <laughs> Bang you in the butt, honey. Back them. All right. This is the moment we learn something new. Before American Idol, you danced in the nude. You worked at a place that is called Dick's, and you didn't dance for any chicks. Now Seacrest likes you even more. Performing on Idol was your biggest dream. Danny Noriega's not the only queen. You say that you did it just for cash. Showed your junk and shook your ass. Will you get kicked right out the Cause you dance for some gays, you stripped yourself down, you sat on some laps and you wiggled around. You hoped we wouldn't know, but pictures don't lie. You grab in the pole and you went for a ride. You dance for some gays, it's all in the news. You say you love music, but you also love dudes. You dance for some gays, you dance for some gays. 1018 at 560 WQ. Now, here's a guy, Rich, who obviously doesn't have any sense of humor. He writes, Neil, burger is round, please. No, burger is round? Well, I thought they were like square or like oh, octagonal something like or something. square, yeah. What a schmuck. Come on, Rich, get a life. Hey, Rich. I have no life. Also, another fact says, just to tell you, Neil, you can still get mallow cups here in Florida at a Hess gas station. Oh, I'm coming right down. I'll go I'm actually pick, considering I'm moving back to Florida. It's not April Fool's Day anymore. That was yesterday. You going to move on to Miami Beach? No, I got a house. Well, why would I do that? Why, why would I move to some other part of town when I have a house? That's just where, where the old people hang out? No, I don't want to go to Miami Beach, and I'm not old enough to be on Miami Beach, okay, Mr. Hotshot, Mr. Fat Fart? Don't mess with me today. You're picking the wrong day, fatso. Let me tell okay. you right now. And this 80-page thing about Hillary being a liar, it's very interesting, but how many? why did you fax this to me? I did that. Zach. So what's the story? What did Joe do this morning that got him in hot water again besides, say, GD, which you had to dump? Uh, just more beast stuff today. More what? More uh, beast stuff today. We actually had about 100 calls today all on how they could help the beast or just rip the beast. Doesn't fly that good uh, around the building. It doesn't fly that good around the building? Yeah. You know, people people don't like when... 
if it sounds like you're ripping the beast, they don't really like it. If you're trying to help him, that's different. Oh, so in other words, his boyfriend Clarence is upset about it. Is that what you're trying to say, but you're too much of a mealy mouth to say it? It doesn't fly around the building. And in other words, Clarence is upset about it because he and the beast are joined at the hip. Maybe if they had the operation and they separated him, the beast wouldn't look like he weighed 800 pounds. I don't want to be picking on him, though, because I haven't seen him in a long time. And he's always been uh, very nice to me, even on the MySpace thing. Oh, that MySpace stuff, boy, I'll tell you, that sure, you know, it's really disappointing. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But you don't because you don't participate because you got a live-in girlfriend and you're, uh, you know, screwing your brains out and having yourself a good time. Just he's got a MySpace page. Over what? I have a he's got a MySpace page. You do? You're on my top friends. Get out of here. You are? You're on my top friends. Oh, I feel so blessed. So is George. And so is Chris. All right. That means you don't have any friends. Exactly. Well, and Tom. Now, do you believe me that I'm considering a move back to uh, South Florida? I don't believe you, no. No, it's too much, no. too much stress and grief here, and it's just, uh, you know, if I want to gamble, I can, go to the, uh, I can go to any of those joints. I can go to Gulfstream. I can go to the Seminole, the Hard Rock. I can go to Pompano and lose my ass. What? Tax-free, actually, though. Well, that's right. It is tax-free here. Well, today is Woodbine Wednesday. Let's see, let's see how I do today. It's like flipping a coin. You know, it's like uh, rock, paper, scissors. Same thing. I'm going to base my decision on whether I stay here or leave based on, because, and I'm sure you guys would be ecstatic to see me, although I think Chris would be out of a job. I don't know. Maybe we can work something out. What do you mean by that? I'll run the board. You can sit where George sits that you used Maybe to sit. Maybe George would be out of a job. And George can sit on the other side like the guest mic. <laughs> oh, yeah, they would go for that in a heartbeat. Not the cost-cutting of Beasley's. They'd really go for that. So I better not come back down there. We or just, just do, it, uh, do it out of your house. I am. Th- well, yeah, that's a really good idea. That's excellent. That's what I'm thinking. They've offered, well, once upon a time, they offered to put a studio into my house. Don't you think that's a great idea? Absolutely. Yeah, of course. Because that's the one negative, man, about getting in that vet every morning and having to drive the Hershey Highway and get on an overcrowded 595 and uh, drive down there. I don't, I'm not that crazy. But then, of course, you get to the stadium there on Ivesbury Road and you make that turn. And did they ever put a light there or not? I'm sure they didn't. No, they did not have a light. Now, would you agree with me that there needs to be a light there? You know what I'm talking about, where you make the left turn by the stadium and you go into yeah. Ivesbury Road? Right when you get past the toll booth and then you make the right. left onto Ivesbury from right. like where the stadium is. It's very right. dangerous in the morning. And now we're talking. There's somebody that agrees with me. There, need, there needs to be two stoplights in South Florida. I'm sure there needs to be many more that I'm really pissed off about. Number one is that where um, Best Buy is on Sunrise Boulevard, when you try to go out of that parking lot there and make the left turn, it's impossible. It's impossible. There's a big sign there that says, if you try to make a left turn here, you'll be dead very soon. They and then, of course, the other one being the same with the, the stadium there. Best Buy one's pretty bad. That is, well, see, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm a player. You can't get out of that lot. The only thing you can do is make a right and then make a U.E. up at the corner there at uh, Flamingo. You want to know what I do to get out of there? I go to the around the back of the plaza. To where, like, the party supermarket is, and I go out that. That's the easier, like, left to make. And where do you wind up? You have to. You kind of have to still make a U-turn, but it's an easier, like, turn out of the plaza. Oh, a nightmare. I mean, what are you people in plantation thinking about? Are you morons that are running the city or what? Absolutely. Christ, and you people in Dade County there with that damn stadium. Those people do not know how to drive. Trying to make that left turn there. And then, of course, the best part of it is you get people in front of you. There's one idiot in front of you making the turn, and they're scared, scared to death. And they could have gone 15 times. They could have, like, uh, done somersaults in the middle of the street and still had plenty of time. And they won't go. They won't go. And you're sitting there, and, and finally you honk the horn, which is really taking your life in your hands there. 
Yeah, you got to be careful. Did you honk the horn at me? Well, I'm going to blow your crap away, you son of a bitch. Like that, you know. You never know who's got a gun in their car. I'm staying here. I don't know. I'm, I'm really considering it for the first time. And that weekend I had down there, I had a really good time. But like you said, if you win anything, you got to pay tax. That's number one. That's bad. And number two, but I think if the studio were in my house, that would be a good way to go. I could just lay out by the pool, work up a nice melanoma. Or you can just, you know, use a wireless mic and do the show from the pool. Yeah, that would be a good idea. I'm out here with the pool. I'll get a couple of dogs again. Bring the get papers Tiny out there with you. Winnie too. What? Bring the papers out there with you. Yeah, and I could uh, go out on my front uh, stoop there. I open up the front door and yell epithets across the street at my uh, religious uh, fanatic neighbor there who hates me like poison. Well, guess what? Like I said <laughs> to you, okay? And your Jesus and all your fairy tales and your bubble ices and your pathetic, tragic crap. Anyway. For the last, so uh, they're upset with Joe because you. Uh, I don't understand. I thought he's trying to be helpful to the beast and save his life. I think he's trying in a harsh way, but trying. Yes. Well, Tough you know love. something. That's the only way to do it. You know it. Hey, I went to you the doctor. You can't do it in a nice way, like, oh, gee, you're a little plump. You know, maybe you might want to lose an ounce like that. That doesn't work. You're going to die, is what uh, he's saying. My doctor asked me if I wanted to be 40 years old at one point in my life. I said yes. He goes, well, then you better lose weight immediately. 1973 in Sarasota, I used to wake up with pounding, sweating headaches every morning, and that's because I weighed 266 pounds, the, the most grotesque weight of my life. And I went to the doctor, and he took my blood pressure and the whole thing, and he said, do you want to, uh, I forget how, well, 73, I would have been how old, 31. And he said, you want to make it to 32? I said, yeah. He said, well, you're going to die if you don't lose a bunch of weight. He was right. My blood pressure was out of control, and I was just a huge, fat, Slob. And for skinny people like Clarence to be running around, Oh, you're picking on the beast. You're picking on the beast. My boyfriend, the beast. You're an idiot, Clarence. You're a quizzling, a simpleton. Okay, you, uh, you a nerd. And didn't even go to school there. Too bad we don't get a big hurricane come along and blow his ass away. Clarence. The one that comes in there and muzzles Zach. Just when Zach's going to tell us something really juicy and exciting, the audience will be hyperventilating about. And Clarence, every time, comes in there. Oh, don't say a word. Don't say a word. You're going to be fired. We'll bring Mo back to fire your ass. They should hire Mo for one. If they were ever going to fire me, they should hire Mo that day and then have him fire me and then fire Mo again. What they should do is bring Mo out there to be one of those cheerleaders there at the uh, Marlin games. The manatees. Can you just see that? I can see it. He should be the head of them. 26 after 10 at 560 WQAM. Neil's half-price deals are the hit of the town. Every week we got another great offer for you, for our happy Neil Rogers listeners, and even for the unhappy ones. Starting tomorrow, you can buy $50 certificates for 25 bucks to Lucille's American Cafe in Western. Remember that song by Little Richard, Lucille? Remember that? No, you don't. Lucille's is a 1940s-style upscale diner that captures the luncheon and feel of that era. It's all about homemade food, huge portions, and family-friendly prices. By the way, a chicken neck, I don't have your disc this week. I don't know what you're doing. Menu items include a 12-ounce center-cut New York strip, pulled pork platter, barbecue baby back ribs, and marinated or Texas-style chicken breasts. Plus, they've got phenomenal desserts like homemade bread pudding and their famous big split banana split, big enough to share but good enough to eat all by yourself. Lucille's American Cafe, you'll find them at 2250 Weston Road, and you can call them at 954-384-9007. And now, thanks to Fat Old Neil, you'll be able to buy $50 certificates and half price at 25 bucks tomorrow, starting at noon on WQM.com. Don't forget, though, be poised and be ready, but you got to act fast, because once they're gone, they're just gone. Sports the biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The Sports Leader.
later. Well, I don't know how I got in the flight. My butt is stuck to something real tight. I sure wish I could get up off the seat. Could you bring me something in here to eat? TP to the left of me, magazines to the right. Here I am, stuck in the bathroom, it's true. Well, I've been sitting here for two years, and now I can't get off the can. And now my boyfriend's got to use it. He's pounding on the door saying, I've been in here for hundreds of weeks. Now the toilet is attached to my cheeks. Plunger to the left of me. Toothbrushes to the right. Here I am, stuck in the bathroom, it's true. I'm stuck in the bathroom, it's true. So everybody call up and rip the beast and ass because uh, his ass weighs at least 400 pounds. Nah, we're not taking any calls. Although maybe Zach will take some off the air. Yeah, why not? And I don't understand. Why do you get involved in these? I mean, what did you have to do with it? Were you the one that uh, put Joe up to that or what? No, I'm the producer of the show. That's, so? So I have to make sure that I police the show as much as I can. <laughs> That's a lot of work. <laughs> oh. Woo. Make sure that you police the show. That is sweet, man. That's beautiful. And are you policing it? Oh, yeah, just call me off. You know, there's something. Either I'm going deaf or, like, remember I mentioned that yesterday. The levels just seem a little low lately. I don't know. I mean, not real bad. I can hear you, but. Anything better? What? I try to make everything a little louder in here now. Well, you're not. You're not. You're always uh, impossible to hear anyway because you've got that raspy uh, voice. What do you mean? Sounds like you gargled with razor blades for 10 years. But at any rate. Why didn't you get along with Pharrell so well? I don't know. Tell me why. I don't know. That was a good hire. For the last week, Barack Obama has been grabbing and extending a national lead among Democratic voters, but it was unclear whether that mojo extended to Pennsylvania, where a swillery support, especially among blue-collar whites, appeared to be rock solid. That's exactly what it says here, rock solid. Now comes the first evidence that Obama's closing the gap in Pennsylvania, a new Rasmussen reports poll saying. The poll of 730 Democratic primary voters in Pennsylvania dated yesterday shows Clinton's once double-digit lead over Obama is just down to five points, 47 to 42, with 11% not certain who they're going to vote for. And it's not till April 22th, and today's the second. So it's 20 days away, almost three weeks from yesterday. Long way to go, baby, and he's catching up to her. He's going to pass her like she's laid out prone. The poll suggests that Newark News accounts, what Clinton called in a meeting with Daily News editorial board last week, a misstatement over sniper fire during that 96 trip to Bosnia, have definitely hurt Swillery. Some 40% of Democrats surveyed said the Bosnia trip will be very important or somewhat important in how they vote here April 22. The Pennsylvanians also told the pollsters that the economy is by far the number one issue today, and a whopping 91% said the economy is getting worse these days. Oh, that's bad news for insane McCain, I guess. As with previous polls, the numbers suggest resentment from the primary polls may carry over to the fall campaign against McCain, even more so if Obama's the nominee. 
Some 22% of Democrats called it either not very likely or not at all likely they'd vote for Obama in the fall, while the comparable number for Clinton is 17%. Despite that, a narrow margin, 45 to 43, believe that Obama's got a better chance of winning in November. One note of local interest, Governor Rendell's aggressive promotion of the Clinton campaign hasn't done wonders for his standing among fellow Pennsylvania Democrats. Some 47% say he's doing only a fair or poor job. Ed Rendell, who's like on every night with uh, Chris Matthews on hardball, softball, talking politics, on a politics fix. Chris Matthews, man, I put him right up there with, uh, what's his name? I don't know what's on there, Tony Harris. On CNN, somebody I don't want to see ever again as long as I live. What? Isn't he on right now? Tony Harris? Yeah. Yeah, he is, but they just took him off the screen as soon as I mentioned his name. He makes me want to vomit. Smug obnoxious, he's always laughing. He can be doing a story about how ten little kids just got killed in a train wreck, and he's laughing. You know, he's an idiot. Although not in the same league as Chris Matthews, because he talks important stuff like politics. The politics fix. With the same Howard Kleinman there. Hey, Howard, get a new hairpiece already, will you? Howard Kleinman from uh, Newsweek or wherever the hell he's from. Isn't that what his name is? I have no idea. How about Howard Kleinberg, my old friend from the Miami News back in the day? Uh-oh, this thing is buzzing. I wonder what it says. Tracking up. Online FedEx tracking. It was shipped Monday. They did it again. Whatever that means. Oh, well, it'll get here eventually. Just relax, Boca. Don't be uh, sending me text messages. Just calm down. It's not, not like the world's going to come to an end. He's See, this worried. is the problem when you're dealing with over uh, high-strung people. They just bug you. Oh, where's my check? Well, you got the check and cashed it real fast. I see that. Had to make sure or it didn't bounce. Don't waste any time with that. What? Had to make sure it wasn't going to bounce. My checks don't bounce, Mister. Okay, let me tell you that right now. Although I did have one bounce here on my Canadian account. Uh oh. Well, no, because I told you I deposited cash that one time, and they hold your cash for five days. Do you ever hear of anything so stupid? I'm not going to hold cash for five days no. until it clears your ass. What? What does that mean? They got to make sure it's not uh, dirty. Yeah. Dirty money, my ass. In fact, I told them my money comes from the Beasleys, and they said, then we're going to hold it for 50 days. Well, don't be saying that. You'll get them all upset again over there. Okay, fine. Let's go pick on the beast again. All right. That, that's really something. The, the legal. What was that line that uh, Chris came up with? That was the most stupid thing you've ever said. Boy, that covers a lot of territory. Which one? The one about uh, he's in there with the legal people. Yeah, the legal department. We don't have any legal department, okay? House counsel. That's what it yeah. is. House counsel, my ass. With wimpy uh, Clarence is what he's talking about, but he's afraid to say it, you know, so he comes up with And just like Zach is a mealy mouth. Doesn't want to say it. What? That Clarence was chewing you out about the beast because the beast is his boyfriend. This isn't a place of business. It's a, it's a, a UM fraternity. Well, no, nobody chewed me out. I didn't get into an argument with uh, Josh. We just... He just, you know... We're he was chewing Joe out by way of you. Maybe. Was Joe in this meeting? Joe was there, yeah. Oh. So what the hell did he uh, talk to you about? I, uh, we were just all being talked to, you know... Not, and it wasn't just because of the beast stuff. We were just having a post-show meeting. A post-show meeting. Yeah. <laughs> we do that every day. <laughs> I think we should start having those now. Oh, my God. It's not only ding-dong school before the show, it's ding-dong school after the show. Well, of course, it would have to be uh, you know, way before his getting up time to do ding-dong school before the show. He'd have to be there by 6 a.m. He's not in the pregame. He's not in the pre-shows. He's not in the pregame. He doesn't participate. So there has to be a post-game show for his convenience. He comes in once in a while. We normally don't do the meeting with Josh. He just, if, he, if he has something he needs to let us know about, he can Oh, yeah. Like what? 
events, promotions, this and that. Promo promotions? <laughs> promotions? Did this man really say that with a straight face? <laughs> hey, the sports site has promotions a lot. Is down there the uh, FedEx uh, with Boca Brian's disc and the other disc and all the other everything? I think they used to call you when you get a package. Well, they do, but uh, sometimes they don't because they know that if they call me early in the morning, I'm not going to come down to get it usually until two o'clock anyway. So why should they bother? Uh, but I'm going to surprise them. I'm going to just show up there in my uh, boxer shorts. Well, not my boxer shorts, my walking shorts and my white slippers. Well, I don't want to get fully dressed just to go down there to pick up a stupid FedEx. Yeah, I mean, who would want to do that? No, I mean, what difference does it make if I go down there looking like a clown? What what, what difference does it make? Do you have the big red nose? 807 votes on your poll, by the way. You got it made in the shade today for that thousand. No problem at all. All right. A key, oh, and that thing that you faxed me that somebody sent in, which I don't want to sound ungrateful to them because it's a great article about what a liar swillery is, and it documents it very, very thoroughly. But it's, uh, it's, it's a little bit long. I'll see if I have time to squeeze it in. You know what I mean? Lately, I've been doing a lot of squeezing. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes not uh, consciously. Just, you know. Uh-oh. Always you or someone else? What are you talking about? You say you've been doing a lot of squeezing lately. Yeah. You've been squeezing someone else? No. Why not? A key Hillary sub uh, supporter appeared to be a bit off message during a recent interview with a Canadian radio station, eh? Now, what's this thing you're faxing me now? It's a nice article. Oh, it's something long. Condi's workout reveals a fit diplomat. Did you hear about the stunt Power 96 put yesterday for April Fool's? They became 96X uh, circa early 90s. Even the website went retro. And, uh, yeah, well, whoopee-doo. Big deal. 
96X. If I had to make a prediction right now, I'd say Barack Obama is going to be the next president. Missouri Representative Emmanuel Cleaver said in a Canadian public radio interview this weekend, I will be stunned if he's not the next president of the USA. Cleaver, an African-American, endorsed Clinton's White House bid last year and formally remained aligned with a New York senator, even as other black leaders shifted their support to Obama. But, after his district voted for Obama in the February 5 primary, Cleaver did indicate he would consider voting for Obama at the party's convention if the delegate count was extremely tight between the two candidates. In the Canadian radio interview, Cleaver made it clear he doesn't expect Clinton to overtake Obama, comparing his support of the New York Democrat to that of his hometown losing football team. Even though I don't expect the Kansas City Chiefs to beat the Indianapolis Colts, I'd cheer for Kansas City anyway, he said. We love the Marlins. they got a bunch of fat cheerleaders and the food sucks and like that. But they got that new stadium coming in a couple of years. Just hang on tight, baby. And Dan LaBastard will be there waxing romantic and enthusiastic about, oh, opening day at the ballpark and the smell of those weenies. I bet he misses the smell of the booster. I guarantee you that. I hear those two are really, really tight. Oh, yeah. Really? Uh, They're best friends. That's a sad commentary. When Boog worked for us, I always thought, even though he was a horrible talk show host, a rock and roll talk show guy, good play-by-play man, but horrible on the air. But I thought he uh, at least had a little common sense. Obviously not. Anyway, this uh, guy, Cleaver, not uh, related to uh, Wally, also pushed back on the notion that Clinton should take her fight for the party's nomination all the way to the August convention, though he acknowledged that's not the position that he's supposed to take. If I do the party line, I'm supposed to say, and maybe I'll say, just so if anybody hears that, I can say, well, Cleaver did the party line before he told the truth. We believe that a contest going all the way to the convention is good for America, but he added an actual convention fight would be a tragedy of tragedies. You hear that, Swillery? A tragedy from one of your own supporters. Cut the crap and get out before it's too late. Condi's workout reveals a fit diplomat. She realizes few other people are willing to rise at 4.30 in the morning and get a daily workout. That dyke, that bull dyke, Condi. That's my own particular, particular strangeness, she says. She's the gym rat, they call her. The gym rat. Actually, some days it's 4 a.m. and she considers 40 minutes an elliptical exercise machine a light cardio day. She has a tough regimen with weights on those wimpy days under the tutelage of a hard boy trainer. A hard body trainer. Doesn't say boy. Probably some dyke. Like everybody, I get up some mornings and I think I can't do it. And then I think, sure you can, because you won't feel as alert if you don't. She said in an interview with Fitness Magazine. Tennis player Billie Jean King. Gay. Was an early sports hero, she said. And basketball legend Michael Jordan, probably the most beautiful athlete of all time. (laughs) Oh! Woo! Rice gave the Muscle Magazine a glimpse of her weekly weight session in the State Department gym, including photos of the top-ranked woman in the Bush administration grimacing under a weight bar and doing crunches while her trainer stands on her feet. Known for a keen fashion sense that runs to Armani and Ferragamo, she is pictured wearing lavender gym shorts and sneakers. Lavender, you know what that means. Gay. Yeah. Dyke. Self-hating dyke. You know, it's one thing to sell out like Colin Powell, black sellout, but like complected black sellout. But when you're black and gay, I mean, that's really a total sellout. Condi. Let's play the original Condoleezza. Condoleezza, and then, then Zach can dump that. What do you think? I, w- I would police it, yes. Yeah, you're, you're, Zach is the policeman. Boy, oh boy. I realize we, had, and we have inside lawyers. We also have inside police now at QAM. Got a lot of legal activities going on, and illegal activities, no doubt. Oh, the good news is I got my glasses back. They finally got that thing in from Austria, the temple, the earpiece. Oh, okay. 
Boy, it sure took long enough, didn't it? You know, I broke it the day before I went on vacation off to Vancouver, which, by the way, I love Vancouver. And let me say it again. If you like a good deli, man, at Myron's Deli in Pompano Park Casino is great. I'm going. Not good, but great. What? I'm definitely going out there. I'm telling you, you'll love it. Try the cheese blintzes, man. The best I have had in many, 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 many years. And the soups are great, too. Although the mushroom barley, let me say it again, the barley was like crunchy. It's not supposed to be crunchy. It's supposed to be mushy. I don't like usually food that's mushy. But in that case, barley is supposed to be fully cooked. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So let's talk about the beast and what we're going to do about him. All right. So, I, I mean, I don't want to stick my nose into it like I'm nosy or anything like that, but no. what's the rationale? Well, what is the problem with the talking about the beast? Is the fact nobody wants to hear about it? Well, is it because out? The, it, just, it seems more like Joe is making fun than trying to help. And I, I think that that's what the... Because we have some callers call off the air, too, and say that the whole shtick about beast is funny, but if we're really going to help him, we should help him. And I just think you that... You should help him by doing what? I don't know. Throw him on a diet. food police. Well, maybe they'll hire me for something else, then. You could, like, uh, stay with him 24-7, except when he's with his uh, wife, you know. Is she, is she force-feeding him or something? What's the deal there? What's going on there? I don't know. I don't live in the house. Yeah, well, maybe you're going to have to. I, I don't think my fiancé would let me. Well, maybe the, maybe the four of you could, like, uh, get together and just have a, an eating orgy, like, in fact. Yeah, like though, a communal... You know? House. Like yeah. I said, I don't think my fiance will last. I like Luxion Kugel. <laughs> I do too. I love Luxion Kugel, especially like with a few raisins in it. Mm. Mm. When's the last time you had Luxion Kugel? It's been a while, but Kugel's good. The hell are you guys speaking? Potato Kugel is the best, and especially if it's overcooked a little bit, almost burned. Not burned, but crisp. You know well what I mean? Well done, yes. Yeah. Well done. Well done, Potato Kugel, baby. That will knock your socks off. Even the Goyam love it. 820 votes on the poll. I'm not going to read it. It's too, too many uh, choices on there. It's a fine poll, though, isn't it? That's a great poll. Nothing like having a fine poll. Oh, here's that article. Do I have time now before the break by David Zirin in The Nation? Sure, why not? Actually, this was originally written. Uh, where the hell was it? Dave Zirin's author of Welcome to the Terror Dome, The Pain, Politics, and Promise of Sports, and a forthcoming People's History of Sports in the USA. Watered-down crap. That's what we got now. So they have to have all these other uh, spurious things going on. A lot of noise, and they have to crank up the volume, and they have to have, like, uh, gimmicks and stuff. You, you remember when uh, Wayne started with the Hokey Pokey? Remember that? Mm-hmm. The Hokey Pokey, my ass, Wayne. Dave Zirin says sports writers swoon over D.C. ballpark. So much for the house that Woodstein built. Rarely has the coverage of an event been so pandering, so utterly absent of, uh, absent of objectivity than the Washington Post coverage of the debut of the Washington Nationals' new stadium. The Post reported on the ballpark's grand opening with hard-hitting articles like lapping up a major victory and luxuries at a new stadium. Without irony, the article quoted from the suburbs of Maryland and Virginia about how much fun they were having playing guitar hero and eating authentic D.C. half-smokes before the big game. It should have come with coupons for make-your-own-teddy-bear booth. But that was nothing compared to the post-sports columnist Tom Boswell, who long ago cornered the market on sloppy baseball nostalgia. Some Boswell gems from opening night included, imagine 25,000 people all smiling at once, not for a few seconds, but continuously for hours. You won't see it at a tense World Series. But when a brand new ballpark opens, especially in a city that hasn't had such an experience for 46 years, people can't help themselves. In a nod to actual journalism, Boswell did manage to raise a few questions. Are they worth the money? Has Major League Baseball mastered civic extortion playing one city against the other? But have no fear, he had no answers. That's a different story for a different day. Unfortunately, it's a story over the last two years he's never written on any day. 
He did quote another suburban warrior making the trek into the big bad city who said, sometimes you got to spend money to make money. Of course, not his money, but why quibble? Boswell was a model of restraint compared to city columnist Mark Fisher, who used to be the jerk for the Herald, a real idiot. In a piece titled, I Kid Thee Not, The City Opens the Ballpark and the Fans Come Up Winner, Fisher wrote, An investment in granite, concrete, and steel buys a new retail residential office neighborhood. It buys the president of the U.S. throwing out the first ball. And it buys a son showing his father what his boy has become. I don't even understand that last line. A son shows his father his boy, so the father is a grandfather? Is this some sort of southern gothic goes to the ballpark? Sure. Maybe Fisher was just blissed out on $8 beers and making his own teddy bears. While Boswell and Fisher were given prime column real estate to gush, columnist Sally Jenkins didn't even get a corner of a comics page. It's understandable why Jenkins, the 2002 AP Sports Columnist of the Year, didn't get to play. Four years ago, she refused to gush. While you're celebrating the deal to bring baseball back to Washington, understand just what it is that you're getting. A large publicly financed stadium and potential sinkhole to house a team that's not very good, both of which may cost you more than you bargained for and be of questionable benefit to anybody except the wealthy owners and players. But tell that to baseball romantics or the mayor and his people, and they act like you just called their baby ugly. It's lovely to have baseball in Washington again, but the deal that brings the Montreal Expos to Washington is an ugly baby. Jenkins' words have come to pass, but this isn't just an ugly baby, it's Rosemary's baby. It's $611 million of taxpayer money in a city that's become ground zero of economic segregation and gentrification. $611 million over majority opposition of taxpayers and even the city council. $611 million in the city set to close down a staggering 24 public schools. That's $611 million a mere five months after the mayor commissioned the study found that the district's poverty rate was the highest it's been in a decade and African-American unemployment was 51%. That's $611 million in the city where the library shut down early and the metro rusts over. That's a living, throbbing reminder that the vote-deprived District of Columbia doesn't even rest on the pretense of democracy. This isn't just taxation without representation. It's a monument of avarice that will clear the working poor out of the southeast corner of the city as surely as if they had just dispensed with a baseball and used a bulldozer. This is sports as ethic and economic cleansing, as Hurricane Katrina, as shock doctrine, as green zone. Fittingly, Fisher wrote, President Bush came out to throw out the first pitch. Fittingly, he was roundly booed. He stood on the mound, proudly ob oblivious, taking center stage yet again in what can only be described as occupied territory. Biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. This is the Neil Rogers Show. This is your brain. Any questions? Good morning, sir. How are you? It's Robert Iger, President and CEO of the Walt Disney Company. You don't have to say your title every time. And how am I? I'm not good. I lost a bundle on the Jets game. That Eric Man genius turned into Eric. I don't know what the f*** I'm doing. Sir, I thought you quit gambling. I haven't quit anything. I do it all. What's your problem now? No, sir. I'm hey, not... before you get into it, why aren't you using me? What, sir? you got to use me more. November sweeps are coming up. Get me on some of the ABC shows. I own the network for crying out loud. Well, sir, what did you have in mind? You are only 18 inches tall. Hey, with the short jokes. So what? I'm 18 inches tall. I am ratings gold. People love Mickey Mouse. <laughs> sir, what did you have in mind? How about you put me on private practice? Maybe write me a little affair scene with Addison Montgomery. Yeah. Then examine me on my table of hers. Sir, she's an OBGYN. So I could have an OBGYN. I think she's more of a... Whatever. How about Grey's Anatomy or Dirty Sexy Money? Hey, put me on Women's Murder Club and give me a scene with Angie Harmon. Yeah, sir, I don't believe a mouse would probably work in a crime procedural there. Hey, this is television. It all works. 
Yeah, I, I don't know, sir. How about Dancing with the Stars? I am perfect for this. Sir, perfect. you may be too small to do any of the dancing stuff. I'm a hell of a dancer. I could have an affair with that Maxim Chukoscovia. Sir, Maxim's a man. Oh, well, who's the hot boy? The Cheryl Burke or Juliana Hoff? Oh, yeah, Cheryl Burke. Oh, Burke's. my God, that Juliana Hoff. I'd like to get my big white hands all over that. S sir. Sir, aren't you a married man? He doesn't do anything anymore. She used to say no to nothing. Now she says no to everything. Sir, shouldn't you maybe go to therapy or something? Hey, why don't you put me on men and trees? Is Anne Hayes AC or DC this month? Well, I believe she's dating her co-star, James Tupper. Uh, so she's AC. I don't know what that means, but yes. AC DC! Sir, I actually have an idea. Wait a minute. Stop the presses. And what is it? How about Ugly Betty? Why would you put me on that show? There's nobody hot on that show. It's called Ugly Betty. Well, sir, Rebecca Romaine is in the show. She's she beautiful. plays a man. Yes, oh, she God. plays a man, but she she is a woman. But she plays a man. What would that do for my reputation? Sir, wouldn't you just be acting? Did you bet the Jets this week? Uh, no, sir, I don't. Oh, my God. I don't gamble, sir. What the hell Sir, I don't think you should either. You've had a problem oh, in the past. Oh, hang on a second. Did I ask you what I thought you thought? Well, no, sir. No, I, thought... I didn't, did I? I thought since we were friends, we could... We're not friends. We're not? No, we're not. You're my puppet. And is your butt hurt from having my big white hand up you running you all day? No, sir, I'm the president and CEO of the company. You're not then. I pull all the strings. I'm Geppetto. You're Pinocchio. Well, sir, this is a great uh, conversation. Well, what show am I going on in November? Pick one and get back to me. Yeah, I'll just work things out with the programming department. Yeah, Hopefully... work that out and get me on. I'm partial to Dancing with the Stars. Right. You want to be a hell of a dancer. Right. Yeah, Work my tango magic all up and down that Juliana Hoff. Yeah. Goodbye, sir. me. It's 11.05 at 560. WQM, I made it back. How do you like that? With plenty of time to spare. With 75 seconds to spare. All right. Did you run? No, I did not. Well, I just got lucky with the elevators, you know. I punched the button, and within five seconds, uh, going down was there. And then coming back up, it was uh, there was one there. That, that's the whole deal, you know, in a high-rise building. It's uh, the luck of the draw in the elevators. Oh, yeah. 846 votes on uh, Chris's poll. Aren't you proud and pleased as punch? Extremely proud. Well, good. Oh, the Dow is up 30. It started out on the negatory side after that big day yesterday, baby. Everything's coming up. Roses, can't you smell it? Either that or Joyce is farting again. If the fight over whether to count the results in Florida and Michigan makes it to the Democratic National Convention, Swillery will not have enough pledged votes in the 169-member Credentials Committee to deliver a majority decision in her favor, according to an analysis conducted for Politico. She's got Soros, baby, that Swillery. Her only hope of getting the key committee to vote out a majority report supporting her position rests on her ability to persuade an as-yet undetermined number of the 25 members appointed to the committee by party chairman Howard Dean to cast votes for her position. The DNC's Credentials Committee consists of 144 pledged members. There we go with the numbers again. Florida and Michigan not included, plus the 25 party leaders and elected officials appointed by Dean. The 25 appointees include a mix of Dean loyalists, Obama supporters, and at least several individuals who have endorsed Swillery. If the formal process of seating a delegation cannot be resolved, a Clinton senior advisor said, those 25 will be important. The analysis was conducted by Matt Safang, an attorney and former delegate counter for past Democratic presidential candidates, including Bubba in 92, to Bill Bradley in 2000. 
According to his projections and the calculation on the number of committee seats that each candidate is entitled to, based on the proportion of the statewide vote of the relevant caucus rules, Obama holds roughly 65 seats and Clinton 56. There are slightly more than 23 seats still to be decided in the remaining contests. Safe Fang's findings reveal that Clinton faces an uphill battle as she signaled on Saturday her campaign decides to take her fight to seat Florida and Michigan delegations to the Credentials Committee. While it's mathematically impossible for Clinton to win a majority without winning over a number of Dean's appointees, it's also highly unlikely that Obama will have enough votes to capture a majority without doing the same. He would need to sweep the five remaining contests by runaway margins to win the roughly 20 seats necessary to gain a majority. Clinton has, however, already won enough pledge members to meet the 20% threshold required to vote out a minority report, meaning that both Democratic candidates could have their positions voted on by all seats. It just goes on and on. It's just a bunch of crap is what it is. Why can't they just vote and somebody wins? That's all. Isn't that pretty simple? They too, vote, somebody wins, that's it. Why are you trying to problems? Too easy. Yeah. Much too simple, too easy. All these complicated caucuses, and we have a primary, and then we have a caucus, and then four weeks later we have a, a fist fight and a peen contest and whatever, you know. I mean, it's a butterfly. God almighty. Stick to those stupid ball games, man. No wonder we're on a sports station. You know, stick to the ball games. For simple, simple crap for simple minds. Now, do they replay some of the baseball? I know we have uh, horse racing on there, replays in hockey. Five, Green Grass is racing six. In seventh, that's Eddie. Luck be with me. No, that's and the worth of downs, baby. That's some really big time. Not. Air Canada Center, the Sabres have to win out and get a lot of help. Sportsnet Ontario with the highlights. In 26 games since John Holding's been announced. The centering pass is caught. Big save made by Raycock. Another centering effort is blocked. It's been all Buffalo since the lead goal. He arrives in there and he had a lot better grip on his stuff. Pass in for Conroy. Conroy with a race for the win. Max, if it again, oh boy, I'd sure like to take a shower with him. I'll tell you that right now. <clears throat> Can I say that on here or not? Uh, I think you just did. I yeah. just did. Well, good. You're okay. Hey, Max, what do you got, baby? Well, those Russians, you know, they're pretty, uh, pretty nifty. So what are we going to do about that Joe Rose? Huh? Is he going to have to get suspended again? Are we going to go through all those childish games again? It sounds to me like uh, a bunch of childish crap going on, you know? Come on. We're not children. Yeah. It's not childish games. Are you going to start acting like adults? That might not ever happen. I mean, is that the show now? Is that Maybe we have 24-7 we can talk about saving the beast. We could do it like a telethon. Yeah, that, that's a great idea. I think that's a fabulous idea. Just I'll give out my number. Send the money to me. I'll save the beast. Put him in a gigantic net. I just, I, I just don't understand. Of course, you got, you do have to realize one thing, and that is, nobody wants to talk about uh, yeah. that. I mean, they lose every day. They don't just lose; they get pounded. They get trashed. The Panthers, of course, have been eliminated from the playoffs for the 400th year in a row, so nobody wants to talk about that. Plus, there's no interest in the first place. The Marlins are playing with like a bunch of little leaguers again. They won a game, though. That's what, uh, that's what Chris said this morning. They won a game. There's, there's one. one. There's one. Let's hear it. 
And the kids on the mound tonight, okay, whoever the kid is. I heard Joe say that at the end of the show this morning. And kids on the mound tonight, go out and see tomorrow's. (laughs) And see those uh, fat cheerleaders. The manatees. Is that what they call them? (laughs) The Florida manatees. The human blobs. (laughs) I think there's a job for the beast right there. I think that would solve the problem. Get a little exercise out there, at least jumping around, jumping up and down. Right? You think there's a chance? Maybe he can be a pinch runner. If they ever get a base runner, he can be a pinch runner. You think there's a chance? You see the beast waddling down the baseline? I'd I'd pay extra to see that. How much weight do you think a guy could lose out there in that heat? About 15, 20 pounds, easy. Now, let's see, 15, 20 pounds times, uh, put them out there 10 days in a row, like in July and August. Right there's 150 pounds, give them down to a nice felt 700. Oh, there he goes again, he's picking on, and, and let me ask you this, what difference does it make if he's picking on him or not? What difference does it make? Can you explain that to me? No, there's, I don't know if there's a reasonable explanation. I think it just I'm doesn't serious. want it to be harsh. I'm That's serious, it's a heart attack. What difference does it make whether Joe is doing it to try to be helpful, or he's just making fun because of the, the fact he's uh, bigger than the house? Nobody ever came to me and said, oh, you're making fun of Fat Rich. And look at now, he's dead. See what I mean? The fat people are the good people, and the good people are the dead people. Trust me. Fat means dead. Coming at ya with heat. Hoops and hoops and heat and hoops and hoops and heat. Martin Matt is off a living. It's long, and I'm a window Charlie, baby. Heat and hoops and hoops and heat and poops and heat and heat and feet and poops and heat and heat and feet and poops and heat 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 and hoops. That's the only thing I know there. Me, that's why I can't get laid. Do the log. Enjoy me today's your laundry is Howard David. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I see you brought Geldy with you. Yeah, unfortunately, he lost the power of speech uh, from all the yelling at the fifth game. Yeah, he said he lost the power of speech from all the yelling at the Panther game. Oh, but that ain't the worst part. Now he'll never attain his dream. And what's that? To be a big band singer. Oh, so uh, what's the real reason you're here? To get you fired. And get my old job back. And just how you going to do that through the chocolate down under? Simple enough. Say, uh, to the log. Just one more time. <laughs> okay. To the log. <laughs> All right. Oh, man, I haven't been this happy in a long time. Was well, 18 at 560 WQM. Let's take a look at the schedule today, by the way. Speaking of that. Let's hope it's uh, correct. What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, you never know right here. Uh, are you picking on Clarence again? He's going to come in here and kick I your ass if you don't watch it. I don't do that. we got the jerk show at the Sony Erickson at 2 o'clock. What is that, a tennis tournament, golf? Yes, yes. that's the old uh, Lipton. Oh, the old Lipton tennis, baby. The old Lipton. At uh, 4 until 6.50, we got the Mad Dog. Because then at 6.50, we got first pitch with Jesse Agler, the Marlin pregame report, which is one of the <laughs> silliest things I've ever heard of in my life. Uh, that's because we don't carry the games, see. But we got those 10 minutes in there, and I'm sure we got a, sp- a bunch of spots, right? Oh, yeah. We love the Marlins. We want our money back. Oh, yeah. Uh, then we got the Dolphins All Asses from 7 to 9, another uh, tune-out. And 9 until midnight, we got the DA show. He's got to follow a lot of swill. He's a swill guy, though. Little did he realize when he came here from Kansas City after he lost his job out there, he's thinking, oh, I'm going to go to sunny South Florida. It's going to be really great. They got all four professional sports down there. They got, uh, oh, yeah, we got it. 
After more than two years on the hot seat, South Floridian R. David Paulson plans to resign as director of FEMA. Remember Brownie Brown? Mm-hmm. Paulson, former Dade Fire Chief and still a resident of Davie, said his departure could come within weeks or months, possibly during the hurricane season, and definitely by January. It's a tough job, Paulson 61 said today during a roundtable discussion with several reporters at the National Hurricane Conference. There's a lot of stress on you and your family. I'll stay as long as I can, Paulson said. I'm here for now, but sometime between now and January 20th, I'll be leaving. He said he plans to resign regardless of who takes over the White House on that date. A top aide, Assistant Administrator Carlos Castillo, former Data Emergency Director, told the Herald he also plans to resign from FEMA within two months. Castillo, 47, joins Paulson in Washington less than a year ago. He took control of Paulson to the FEMA in September 2005 after Michael Brown came under heavy criticism for his performance during the in the wake of Hurricane Katrina. Brownie Brown. Heck of a job, Brownie. What a disgrace. Oh, my God. That's what I'm telling you, man. The whole thing, the whole world is full of crap. All the religious getchkeys with their lives, with their big tax-free business, all promising uh, uh, all this is crap. Oh, you're going to go to heaven and all the angels will be there and the Muslims are going to get laid with all these virgins. Blah, 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 blah. All this nonsense. And all these crooked politicians, all these guys, oh, don't do as I do, do as I, do, as I say, or however that goes. Right? Isn't that how it goes? Do, do as I do. Yes. And don't do, do as I say. That's Elliot Spitzkrieg and that whole bunch, man. Not just him. He's one of many. Boy, I got my glasses back. I can actually see something now. All right. The sun is shining. It's a beautiful day, man. The snow is all gone. And once it's gone... It's gone. We hope. That's one, of those, that's one of those things that if it's gone, there's always more to replace it. You never know. But it's the 2nd of April. Let's not have any more of that crap, right? You bet it. You said it. I see all the snow that was gone down there when I was there this last weekend. Yeah, just in time for you to come down. It was good. I had a good time. Had that one. I had one good meal out of two. That's not, you know. I mean, at uh, Grand Lux Cafe, I could live without that. Mm. Disappointing. Or I should have just had two bowls of chowder instead of one bowl of chowder and entree. I think that's the deal in a lot of these places. The uh, appetizers and the soups are great, and the entrees suck. They blow. You're supposed to get full before you get to the entree. Yeah, that's right. And I, I think I probably should have. Because that omelet I had, man, I wouldn't. my dogs wouldn't have eaten that. That's how bad that was. It was caca. And everybody else's sucked, too. So, you know, if there are three people having lunch and one of them has, you know, you can always say, well, you ordered the wrong thing. You know how that goes? Oh, yeah. Now, what were you telling me that you had there that was so good? I had like a... Oh, chicken parmesan. Chicken parm, and then they have a, like... That's one of my favorites. I love that. And they had what? Pan-roasted chicken with vegetables. Oh. You and your chicken, man. Too much damn chicken. I can't eat anything else. The only good chicken, man, is there at the uh, Hard Rock. That was the good chicken on that machine. On that hee-haw. Screaming Chicken. I love that game. And, now, of course, next time I come down, I won't be able to get anywhere near it because everybody's going to be playing it. I'm going to be there. Yeah, you're going to be there. Yeah, plunging your guts out. You'll last there about five minutes. Why is Let that? me say it again. Every day, if you play the max, it's three bucks a shot. That's not bad. <laughs> I could play like three or four times. Yeah, that's, and that's it. That's and it. Chris, he could play it once. Hey, I might be able to do it twice if I save. He could hit the button once. For two months. And maybe you'll get all the three chickens. They'll be screaming and wailing. Be sure and pick the 29 uh, free spins okay. times one. Because if you get the three chickens, you get a choice. You either can get like ten times triple credits or five times five. You know what I mean? 
Or 29 times one credit, depending mm-hmm. on what you get. You follow how so works. it's confusing. That's what it no, is. No, it's not confusing at all. It's just uh, like challenging. And, of course, most of us being greedy, we want the 29 free spins. We don't want to assume that we're just going to take five and there's going to be like some big number on there and you're going to multiply it times five. No, nobody wants to do that. Right? Right. No. Right. Let's have a slot seminar and then we'll talk about saving the beast from fat. I'm ready. Somehow we're getting away from the sanctity of sports on this station. I don't understand what's going on. That happens. Like I said a little while ago, and of course the Dolphins, I mean, who the hell are they kidding? We love the Dolphins. They're going to win a pair this year. I predict at least two wins this year, maybe even more. I'm not too sure about that. Wow. Yeah, who's, who's the quarterback going to be, this uh, stiff John Dreck back? No, it'll probably be um, Josh McCown. That's it. Who? Josh exactly. McCown. He's a veteran guy that's been around the league. I never heard of him. He was with Oakland last year. Oh, no wonder I never heard of him. Who the hell would watch them? Although they did beat the Dolphins last year early in the season. You remember that? Mm-hmm. They didn't just pepper. beat them. They, they demolished them. They smothered them. They destroyed them. I forget the score, but it was another embarrassing... Uh, oh, my God. Oakland, the freaking Raiders, without Daryl LaMonica. Boy, I sure did like Daryl LaMonica, man. He was great. Even with the Bills. They used to start Jack Kemp with the old Buffalo Bills in the old AFL. They'd start Jack Kemp, and by the third quarter, the Bills would be sucking wind, man. They'd be desperate, and the crowd would be yelling, We want LaMonica! We want... And they'd put him in, and he'd pull the game out very often. Cookie Gilchrist was the running back, by the way. Remember those days? No. No. Those were the salad days, baby. Those were good days in Buffalo, and Buffalo hasn't had too many good days. No. Any place where it snows in the middle of July can't be all that. I mean, Buffalo is just horrendous, unless you like bowling. 878 votes on the poll. We might, uh, we'll go over 900 this hour. How do you like that, Mr. Hotshot, Mr. Fancy Pants? That's all those uh, people listening to us. I don't see it. We'll find out Friday morning. Zach's not going to be here. That'll be the big test. Oh, boy. Now, what are you predicting? What do you think? How do you feel about it? 500 Cause, votes. Cause bo- no, I'm not talking about votes. I'm uh, talking about the uh, trend. Because both your show and our show, and the whole station in uh, January, we, we took it in the old uh, nose. I think we'll be okay. You do? Yeah. Based on what? You've still got 66 deals left on your restaurant thing this morning. I don't want to rub it in, but... That food was good, though. They had a lot of good fruit and stuff. Yeah, well, come on. Let's push it a little bit, okay? Let's go to QM.com and sell out those things for Joe, for Little Dog. I mean, 66 out of 100 here is... See, the problem with that thing is you started too late. Who the hell pushed that idea over on you guys? You always started at 8, then you've got two hours to push it. I like that. That's a good idea. Of course it's a good idea. Who the hell did that, Muff? I don't know what's going on with that girl, man. She just ain't the same no more. Someone in the back. Probably one of the sales guys. Probably the sales mangler, man. That Yahoo from North Carolina. Oh, my God. Part of that Carolina mafia that they brought down. Oh, he got an award for being a real... Yeah. Oh, Zach was just doing something. I'm not sure what that that motion was. What was he doing? Were you about the sales manager? Yeah, I think so. It might have been some. I don't know. He's like, I don't what know. What kind of a gesture was something. it? How many fingers did it involve? No fingers. Shaking my head. How many fists did it involve? Neil Rogers. Good morning, Mickey Mouse's office. Goofy speaking. Good morning, Goofy. How are you? It's Robert Iger, president and CEO of the Walt Disney Company. Oh, it's not a good day. What's wrong, Goofy? Mickey's convalescing. He had surgery. Oh, geez, I didn't hear anything about it. What happened? Well, I'll let him tell you. Please hold. Okay. What? How you doing, boss? I'm not feeling well. 
Yeah, Goofy told me he had some surgery. What's wrong? They had to put a new anus in me. A, a what, sir? Yeah, and I'm a cartoon character. I don't even poop. Uh, sir, I, I don't even know what to say to that. Tell I'm... me about it. I, Why I... would you put a new anus in somebody who doesn't poop? Uh, yeah, a... Anyway, what do you want? Well, I'm just returning your call, sir. No, I didn't call you. Yes, sir, I got a message to them. I didn't email. call you. Well, what do you want? I thought you wanted to talk about the... Oh, I knew about you. Why didn't you call me back? I'm calling you back now, sir. Yeah, I know, but you should have called me back before. I want to talk about Dancing with the Stars. Oh, what a fantastic season. Big numbers for the program. It needs a new anus because it poops. This show's terrible. Sir, what do you mean? It's fantastic. Oh, for crying out loud, why can't we get a star? Sir, we've got a wide array of stars on the program. Marley Macklin. Yeah? Marley Macklin. She's an Oscar winner. She's deep. She's what, sir? Thief. She's a thief? I said she's thief. Are you? Sir, I don't follow. I'm putting the emphasis on the E, thief, for comedic purposes. Oh. Do me a favor. Tell that Samantha Harris when she's interviewing Marley Madeline. There's no need to put the microphone in front of her face. You know why? She's thief? She's thief. That's exactly right. Okay, sir. You ran me out. Do the windows in your office open? No, sir. I believe they're sealed. Then you know what you got to do? Yeah. Take a chair, mm -hmm. smash the window, right. and follow it out and try to catch it before it hits the ground. Well, sir, wouldn't I perish when I hit the ground? Uh-huh. Hmm. We got Steve Gutenberg on the show with the stupid faces, and you're you telling me Pendulette's a star? Well, sir, he's quite a popular magician. We should have went with the other one. But he doesn't speak. Hey, why not skip a year or two and maybe get somebody that one or two people recognize? But, sir, they're all stars. Who's the Mexican? The Mexican, sir? Uh-huh. I don't believe there's a Mexican. There's a Mexican on there. Oh, you mean Christian de la Fuente. He's a huge Latin TV star. And, sir, he's not actually Mexican. He's uh, Chilean. Well... He's what? Chilean. 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 Who cares? Hey, you got Christy Yamaguchi's phone number handy? I love me a gym, this man. Oh, uh, actually, she was a figure skater, sir. Whatever, she's bendable. She has. She's very dependable. I mean, she really practices. Not dependable. Bendable. Oh. Okay, it's uh, 11.34, 26 to noon at 5.60. Two Mickey bits in one hour. How do you like that? I love those. A little bit of a bone. Yeah, everybody does. Bill yep. Thompson doesn't love Hillary, though. He says, the fraud named Swillery Rodham Clinton. He says, Hillary Clinton is a fraud, a liar, a cheat, and a disgrace to the Senate, her party, and the USA. There's no other way to put it. The woman who would be president inflated her resume, lied outright about being under fire in an attempt to bolster her national security credentials, plotted to overturn the will of pledged delegates at the Democratic National Convention in August, and lobbied to change the rules after she signed a pledge to honor her party's decision on voting in Michigan and Florida. She does not deserve to be president of the U.S. She doesn't deserve to be U.S. senator. She deserves an unmarked grave in the dustbin of political history. 
If any other candidate had pulled the disgraceful stunts that Clinton and her campaign have engineered in her faltering, debt-ridden run for president, they'd be driven from their party of disgrace. But this is Swillery, wife of Bill, the president of a thousand affairs, and countless other political skeletons. Some claim she and her philandering shoot-from-the-lip husband are democratic royalty. If she's the best the Democrats have to offer, the party of the jackass deserves to get its butt kicked in November. On Tuesday, Howard uh, Wilson, one of Clinton's chief gutter politics political operatives, revealed the campaign plans to do everything it can to destroy frontrunner Barack Obama in the eyes of superdelegates to the DNC. They plan to use the words of Jeremiah Wright, Obama's fiery former minister, to discredit the Illinois senator and try to convince the superdelegates to overturn the will of those who voted in the party's primaries. Swillery admits she'll push for a credentials fight and try to seat the delegates from Florida and Michigan, even though she signed a pledge along with the other candidates to follow the decision of the DNC to not recognize voting results from either state because they pushed their primary dates up against the will of the party. Pledges mean nothing to Swillery, neither does honesty. Her bald-faced lie about being under fire in Bosnia shows that she has little regard for the truth or honesty, and her ludicrous attempt to explain she misspoke not once but three times or that she was sleep-deprived show just how pathetic her claims to greatness have become. Also ironic is her campaign's coining of the Tanya Harding strategy to describe their plans to kneecap Barack Obama and destroy his credibility before the convention. Harding, a third-tier Olympic skating hopeful, hatched a plan to injure rival Nancy Kerrigan by busting her knee with a baseball bat so she couldn't compete on ice. Harding was and probably still is a cold, calculating, scheming, blonde bitch. Is that really the comparison the Clinton campaign wants? For the past seven years, I've taken George W. Bush to task for being a liar, a cheat, and a fraud. If Barack Obama had pulled the same stunts, I'd be calling him the same. I have reservations about Obama's qualifications and his ties to shady political deal mailers and the angry words of Reverend Wright. He's also played fast and loose with his resume. But Clinton's crimes go far beyond the normal hyperbole of politics. Her methods demand denunciation, and her schemes cry out for exposure and ridicule. She's a liar and a fraud, and we've already had too many of those in the White House. Dougie T., he's whipped up, baby. Not as whipped up as Clarence is because your boy Joe is picking on the beast too much, but pretty whipped up. I mean, nobody could be that whipped up. Probably close. So was there like a tongue lashing going on there about, quit talking about the beast being fat and you're picking on my good friend? No. Like that? No, it wasn't like that. Well, what was it like? He just, he wanted... The audience wants to know, man. The audience he wants, wants us, on the inside. He wants, to, he wants to make sure that we're doing it for the right reasons and not the wrong reasons. And what would the right reason be? Because you don't want him to die? Yeah, because we don't want, we don't want a, a guy, a friend to Fry? Of the, you don't want a guy to fry and die? Yeah, we don't want that. We don't want, we don't want anything bad to happen to the beast. I think there's a liability thing involved here. That's what it sounds like to me. It's possible. You get sued for uh, fat. Sued for pushing fat. Can you sue someone for that? I don't know, but we can always give it a shot. I missed out for the last 15 years. So you tell Joe, keep doing it, and then I'll, I'll sue. All right. And I'll collect it. Maybe I'll spill a little with you, but I doubt it. I'm, I'm getting a whole new attitude on the last, the last few days. I think my trip down there this weekend really gave me a whole new perspective on life. Open your eyes. I think so. And, boy, if anybody needed to fly an eye-opener, it's me. I've been, like, twisting in the wind here for months, just like, uh, you, know, you know what I mean by that? What do you mean? I don't know. Regardless of your position on the issue, which of these is most likely to influence your vote for president? You know what we also should put on here? I'm not going to vote. Okay. Well, don't you think that will goose up your total? Okay. We have 900 votes right now. We can get to 1,000 really fast. Then we can dump this horseball pool and put something interesting on there. Although I doubt that will happen anytime soon. We'll give it a shot. Names. The best talent. Is the beef too fast? Something really provocative like that. Well, where's the best burger in South Florida? 
Who can remember back 10 years, let alone 40? In America, we can't remember what happened last Tuesday. From the producer who brought you the box office remake flop, All the King's Men, James Cargill teams up with Garl Rowe to rewrite history again with the Vietnam drama Hamburger Hill, Paris. Oh, yeah, what is it, Corporal? There's a crazy blonde in the crossfire. Dane? Yeah, I don't want. Well, she's dressed like a giant bumblebee. We gotta take that hill. What the hell's she doing out there? Yelling crazy things like this. Let's get unified. The yeah. sky will open. The light will come down. That's Hillary, Stanley. Celestial choirs will be singing. Get a husband on the cell and put him on the bullhorn. The facade. What? It's 1968. We don't have cell phones yet. What we do now? Right side. Everyone will know. We should do the right thing, and the world will be perfect. Hillary, get your fat ass up there now. Let these fellas lose their lives in another meaningless conflict. I have illusions. Get your fat ass out of there. Wave a magic wand and disappear. There you go. You fellas remember what I did for you. Forty years from now, you can vote for my wife. Okay, 11.45 at WQAM. we got the Jerk Show coming up at 2 from the uh, Sony Ericsson. Wow. Used to be the Lipton, right? Used to Correct. be the iced tea people. Remember Dandy Don Meredith used to do spots, I think, for Lipton tea. That's uh, before you were born. Remember Dandy Don? No. I've heard about him from Monday Night Football. Oh, boy, he was really good. Not. Turn off the lights. The party's, the party's over. over. Oh, boy, he was a real. The only person yeah. who belonged on that telecast was Howard Cosell. He actually said something, you know. He was good. Even with that bad, that awful hairpiece. Even worse than Moe's. Much worse. No way. You know, I keep threatening to read the uh, pull result. I, I notice I never have for a long time. That's because there's only two getting a lot of votes. The economy, 327. The Iraq War, 301. Everything else, small potatoes. Now, what were you just saying? You can't believe it was worse than Moe's. It really was. I don't believe it. In fact, I remember on a windy day, I'm trying to think if he was covering a football game or a horse race, on a windy day, his hairpiece just about flew off right during the telecast on ABC. Howard Cosell, he was great. I mean, everybody hated him because, you know, he was obnoxious as a person. But his media persona and his the balls he had to say things that nobody else would say, he told it like it was. He was the first one to coin that term, the jockocracy, about these moron ex-jocks who've taken over all the broadcasting. Like the Panther games on the radio. You've got Red Deer Randy Moeller and Billy Lindsay, a couple of players. Yeah, no more broadcasters, man. No more broadcasters, including, of course, uh, Dave Van Boring, who never was a ball player, but is certainly not a broadcaster. God, is he awful. Now, who's working with him? No, no more, uh, what's his name? What the, was that squeaky? Roxy. Roxy Foxy. No more him. No, he's gone. Well, who's uh, working with uh, Dave? No idea what his name is. I don't know either. <laughs> really? No clue. Come on, now. That's bad. Now, TV, we know that Rich Waltz is still on there. Oh, my God. I see that uh, somebody had him on this morning. Uh, two days ago, we had him on. On your show? Yeah. Why? With, with Let me ask you one question about that. Why? Yeah. We wanted to get a little Marlon flavor on the show. He's horrible. He's awful. Rich Waltz. Yeah. And he's still there? He's still there, yeah. With have, Tom, have, you, Tommy have you ever watched any of the games? Have you heard his uh, attempted play-by-play on TV? I have. I mean, talk about horrendous. Just indescribable. And so what did you talk to him about? We just uh, talked about opening day and Marlins baseball in general. And? 
And it was a fine interview for eight and a half minutes. <laughs> and what did he say? He's all excited about that new ballpark, and he's going to pick out the press box. Oh, it was yeah. like Foster Hewitt when they built Maple Leaf Gardens, and he uh, had to help them design the gondola for where he was going to sit and squeak those games out. Is he going to be like the Foster Hewitt of the Marlins? I think so. You don't so. even know who Foster Hewitt is, do you? Got no idea. You don't. Neither one of you. Nope. Have any idea who Foster Hewitt is or was? He's dead, still dead. My God, no wonder hockey is so lame in South Florida. What kind of a hockey town do you call it? This is a very dangerous team going into the playoffs. <laughs> That's the Panthers, baby, and they ain't going into no playoffs. He's no Gila Floor. Yeah, Gila Floor, my ass. <laughs> Attaboy, Alex. You suck. Terrific play. And he's going to the bench. And he kicks. They blew the game. They lost in a shootout, eh? But it doesn't make any difference anyway. They're not in the playoffs for the third straight year. He's Those, no Rocket uh, Richard. What? He's no, no Rocket, rocket Richard. Yeah, uh huh. Trying to think of all those old people. Yeah, come on, Johnny Bauer. Gordy Howe. Right. That Terry other, that other Richard. How about Bobby Orr? Yeah, I heard he was pretty good. He's no Phil Esposito. Wow, you must you must be looking this stuff up. Is he is he no, reading no. off the is he reading off the computer? He not is not. Off. He's off the top of his head. Yep. I'm, yeah, I don't okay. remember the other guys. I'm trying to think. I don't remember. Eddie Jackman. Who? No, Horsley. He's no Chris Chelios. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Stevie Eiserman. St Stevie, let me tell you, there's a guy Why? I would like to have taken a shower with. Stevie Y, when he was a little bit younger and still playing. Great, great player. How do you know that? I used to watch Detroit a little bit. Get out of here. I swear. To the point to Carberley, over to Pavel Kabina. Long shot, paddle down, save made by Miller. You don't know who Foster Hewitt is, huh? Well, you know something? I'm, I'm so distraught. Anyway, can we get, we get back to the show and get off that Leafs game, okay? They lost in a shootout to Buffalo. They kept blowing the lead over and over. That's the Leafs for it. They blow it. They blow, like the Panthers. So that's why having 75 sports stations on here in the South Florida market is so, it's so inane. It's so bizarre. Bizarre is the key It word. is unacceptable. It's just idiotic. It's not a sports market. Nobody cares. I have scoured very diligently before the show today to try to find the attendance at last night's Marlins game. I couldn't find it anywhere. Eleven. Eleven people? Yep. Eleven thousand? Is that what it says? No, I just think eleven. No, no, seriously. Have you got a newspaper there or something? Because I can't find it online. How many people? I'll look. So I'll try and find it. Find the box score and see what it says for the attendance. Even in the Major League Baseball thing, I couldn't. I tried to click to the link to the, uh, the box score and the summary. It wouldn't do anything. I would say no, there. no more than 13,000. Of which probably 7,000 were Mets fans. Minimum. Only seven? A minimum seven. Of which 12,000 of the 13,000 were Mets fans. That's more like Sounds it. Better. Well, that's because that's the real Marlin fans are waiting for that new stadium and waiting for some players that somebody heard of before since they traded away all the name players. Well, they, they just keep cleaning house, you know, because David Sampson and Jeffrey Lurie, they're, they're just uh, dying. They're uh, $10 million for promotion. I heard that. 15 117 that means so there was about 10,000 people, or maybe. And it was 41.6% full. Let me say it again. That means there was about maybe 10,000 people. It was 76 degrees and cloudy. 
on a perfect night. No rain, no high humidity. Believe me, I was just there this last weekend. I know how beautiful it was. It Jeff was Kellogg was your home plate umpire. Who? Jeff Kellogg. Augie Donatelli? Mark w uh, Wagner. What happened to the great base? umpires, man? What happened to those really great umpires? Who was the umpire that called the third strike in the bottom of the ninth what at top of the ninth inning? Against Last Bill night? Mitchell. Don Larson's oh. perfect game in the nineteen fifty six World Series. Oh yeah, um, I would know that one because I wasn't alive yet. Yeah, well, I'm just asking you, who was the umpire? I can't remember. <laughs> Fat guy. So if I'm gonna ask you a question like that. I heard it was red buttons. That's who it was. It was Red Barber. Now, do you know who Red Barber was? I know the name. I couldn't tell you. You don't know, played. Squat, you punk. All you young punks, man. You think that Rich Waltz is a broadcaster? You you need help. It's not your fault. You grew up in this era, man, of all these make-believe broadcasters. You think that Jack Buck is a great broadcaster, no doubt. What about Joe Buck? I mean, that's what I meant, Joe Buck. Jack Buck is still Jack there. Jack Buck is good, yeah. Jack Buck was well, good. He's not good. He's well, dead. Well, he's dead. But he, he had that good. raspy voice. You know, like Pharrell. He was like Scott Pharrell. Pharrell did the uh, Atlanta Trashers games one season. Are you aware of that? Yeah, I, have, yep. I actually had one of the play-by-plays of that. It's yeah. another effing goal. It's an effing goal. All right. He's a crazy person, you know, which is why they loved him on the air. The FCC didn't like him on the air too much. And neither did management when he damn near lost the license. But other than that, see, that's what, that's what satellite radio has become. And by the way, don't think that that merger is going to go through just because there was that preliminary thing. Oh, it's been approved. Oh, guess what? Attorney generals in 11 states have already filed suit to block it, the merger. It's not going to happen. What's wrong with it? What's wrong with what? Them merging. It, it, you ever hear the word monopoly? Oh, yeah. You ever play monopoly? You ever, yeah. When you're, you're not going to get no boardwalk or park place, I'll tell you that. You're not going to get no hotel. No. You might get a house. Speaking of dumb people, this, this story is just its so perfect. And, of course, it comes at a time just like that story I read about the Washington Stadium and about the schools closing in D.C. Fewer than half of Dade's public school students graduate from high school on time, according to a national report released to, uh, yesterday. Let me say it again. Fewer than half of Dade County's public school students graduate from high school on time. Like that. The local figures are in step with what experts say are abysmally low graduation rates in the country's 50 largest cities. Of the grouping, Miami ranked near the bottom with the nation's 16th lowest graduation rate. The report released by the nonprofit America's Promise Alliance, originally chaired by former U.S. Secretary of State and sellout Colin Powell, and now chaired by his wife Alma, found that a little over half students in the country's urban public high schools graduate in four years. The figures underscore the complexities of calculating graduation and dropout rates, a process that varies from state to state and district to district. On Tuesday, the Bush administration announced it would require states to report these statistics in a uniform way. That's it. Make all the kids wear uniforms like little goose-stepping Nazis. In the coming weeks, I'll take administrative steps to ensure that all states use the same formula to calculate how many students graduate from high school on time and how many drop out, U.S. Secretary of Education Margaret Spelling said at a dropout prevention summit Tuesday in Washington, D.C., Detroit and Indianapolis had low. I'm going to go back to school and graduate again from high school. I think I better go back to college, Michigan State, MSU. See, in high school, you don't live with the kids. You know, you just go to school with them. Mm -hmm. But at college, you're in the dorm, you know, you're in real close proximity. Oh, yeah. Like, like sharing bunk beds, you know. Did you have a bunk bed in college? Yeah. Were you on the top bunk or the bottom bunk? I was on the bottom bunk. Detroit and Indianapolis had the lowest graduation rates with 25 and 31 percent of students respectively graduating on time. In many instances, the report showed a graduation rate gap 
between the urban districts and their surrounding metro areas, as Florida has countywide schools that the study couldn't compare urban versus suburban graduation rates for Miami. Still, experts caution that graduation rates are tricky figures to assess. States calculate their graduation rates using a variety of methods. In other words, they lie a lot. You know, No child left behind my ass. And believe me, Zach would say that's a big target. Oh, yeah. In your case, my God. You could have the whole county behind your ass, and nobody would see anybody. I could shadow the whole county. It's a Woodbine uh, Wednesday, by the way. City cards, pay your taxes with a fast personal loan. I don't want no fast or even a slow personal loan. How do you like that? I don't want one. I don't want it. Don't you hate that? And, of course, I guess it doesn't category, uh, qualify as spam because you do business with those people. So is that the way it works? It's just like those harassing phone calls, those solicitation calls. Well, if you do business with them, then they're entitled to call you 80 times a day and the hockey with China can try to peddle it. It's like when you call in to check your balance or something on, like, uh, any, any of the credit cards or any, anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, and while we're uh, verifying the information, we'd like to sell you uh, a bunch of crap that we know you don't want and you can't afford and, uh, you know, nobody in their right mind would take. Stop it already. Stop peddling. That's what I say. Go back to India and stop peddling me a bunch of chazarai. That's what Zach would say. Chazarai. Love Chazarai. Chazarai. Don't, don't say it like a goy. Say it like a real Jew, okay? Chazarai. What? Chazarai. Chazarai. Emphasize Eat the phlegm. Eat the phlegm. You just had a lot of deli at that Myron's Deli at Pompano at the uh, casino. Boy, that place mm-hmm. is good. Unlike that place where I had that bad omelet. Speaking of food, Neil's half-price deals are the talk of the town. Every week we have another great one for happy Neil Rogers listeners. Starting manana at noon, you can buy $50 certificates for 25 bucks to Lucille's American Cafe in Weston. Lucille's is a 40-style upscale diner that captures the luncheon and feel of that era. It's all about homemade food, huge portions, and family-friendly prices. Menu items include a 12-ounce center-cut New York strip, a pulled pork platter, a barbecue baby back rib platter and marinated or Texas-style chicken breast. Plus, they've got phenomenal desserts like homemade bread pudding. And this one just sends me into orbit. Their famous big split banana split. Big enough to share, but good enough to eat all by yourself. You know something? That's another good reason I can't come back down there and do the shows there, you know? Why? Because I'd be dead pretty soon eating all that great food. I, I'm staying alive only because I'm not. Don't you understand it? I guess. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll bring you guys in banana splits tomorrow. And you guys can share it. You can eat, you know, each, each have your own spoon. Oh, Lucille's American. <laughs> I can see it now. I can't. Lucille's American Cafe, twenty-two fifty Western Road. Call nine five four three eight four ninety zero seven. Chris and Zach are going to be uh, sucking a big milkshake out of the same container with a little straw. And now, thanks to me, you'll buy fifty dollars certificates at half price. To and by the way, we told we sold two more certificates for Joe on his deal. All right. After I went on the air and uh, screamed about that, we sold um, two more. He's down to 64. Anyway, $50 certificates for just 25 bucks tomorrow at noon on WQM.com. But don't forget to act fast. Be poised and ready, because once they're gone, they're just gone. The biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. Coach Don Schuler. And I sound like Bob Hope on acid. And I want to tell you, it's the 12 to 1 hour or whatever it is. It's the brainstem. All right, choose my <laughs> Miami has the Dolphins still the worst football team. Yes. The way they played this season made everybody scream. Absolutely. It seems to me that losing has always been their goal. And every game they 
called the Stuber Bowl. And they're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number. How many teams in the league? 32. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins. If you're their fan, you'll sing the blues. The Dolphins had Cam Cameron, and one thing that I learned, he had the fans all wishing that Nick Saban would return. <laughs> if you think he's a winner, then you have lost your mind. The next thing he'll be coaching is the unemployment line, and they're the Miami Dolphins, oh! Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number. How many teams in the league? 32. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins. There's something you scrape off your shoes. The Dolphins have John Beck, our rookie quarterback. If you think he's the answer, you must be smoking crack. <laughs> you know they could have gotten someone good like Brady Quinn. The way they waste their draft picks, it's nothing but a sin. And they're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number. How many teams in the league? About 30, man. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins. Their talent scouts don't have a clue. Dolphin games are boring when they're on the radio. And everyone was put to sleep by Jimmy Cephalo. Uh -huh. When he is calling play-by-play, -play, it's the same old tune. And just so Mandich had a job on Sunday afternoon. But they're the All right. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number. How many teams in the league? Uh, Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, I hear the fans begin to snooze. <laughs> Isinga owns the Dolphins, he's hired Bill Parcells. And I don't have to tell you the way the tuna smells. They say he'll solve their problems, I wish him lots of luck. No matter what he tries to do, the team will always suck in there. The Miami Dolphins, you fairy. Miami Dolphins, Oy. Miami Dolphins number, oh what the hell, 32, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, now they're through. 12.05 at 5.60 WQAM, 1 in 15, the worst i ever seen, except of course for the Bucks. Remember back in those days? No, you don't. No. In the fledgling days of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Weren't they 0-14, that team? Yeah, that's right. They didn't play 16 games in those days. That's right. So nobody, no other team lost 15. No. Did they? I don't think so. I'll check it. Wow. No, I don't believe so. Just like no other team lost yeah, 15 um, in a row. The Cowboys were 1-15. Oh, that's right. Like they I said, only one other team has done that. Well, what difference does it make? It's a bunch of crap anyway. Watered down crap. That's what it's all about. Too many damn teams. Give me the old days, baby. Give me the days when it was the Browns and the Giants, the Lions and the uh, Packers. Oh, baby, give me those days. Jim Brown and Bobby Mitchell. The only thing the Browns lacked back then was a quarterback. You know who the quarterback was in the days when Jim Brown was the great running back? No Milt idea. Plum. Milt Plum. He was no Cleo Lemon. Just another fruit, like Jeff Garcia. Milt Plum. Never heard of him, did you? 
No. Not at all. And for good reason. He sucked. But they had great teams, man. Never look. Don't be living in the past now. Let's get with it right now. He was no Archie Manning. Thank God for that. Oh, I'm so sick and tired of that whole family. And that Eli Manning, you know, that, that, that made the loss in the Super Bowl more ignominious for the uh, Patriots. That, I mean, did not even show up that day. That, that's the way I view it. They didn't show up. And yet, it still looked like they were going to pull their usual pull out of their ass there at the end of the game when Brady drove them down the field. And finally, finally, they go ahead. And it looks like a typical vintage-style uh, Patriots pull it out of your ass game, didn't it? Is that what you were thinking? Yes. Yep. At the end of the game, the long pass, I thought that Randy Moss would catch it to be over. And then you figured, well, uh, the defense certainly can put up one defensive stand here at the end of the game, just like the uh, AFC Championship game against the uh, Colts the year before. They were in the Super Bowl, guaranteed. All they had, and they would have won it. They'd have beaten the Bears. I mean, without even getting out of bed, the Bears suck. And you know who really sucks? Who's that? That schmuck Rex Grossman. No, come on. That is a gator. Last week to have a sort of super delegate little prime. Howie Dean's been available. He says he says a long nasty fight for the nomination will be disaster in November. So in other words, I think the message they're all sending is swillery drop out, bitch. Isn't that the message they're sending? Cut the crap, bitch. Think so. Uh oh, the professor wants to know, is that Zach? Where's George? George got fired, Professor. Let's do an April Fool's Day. That's what we should have done yesterday, you know? Said Zach's here because George got canned. George is on vacation this week. My inquisitive friend. Where's George? He evidently is concerned. Well, you you should pretend that you're George. How's that? Okay. You don't sound like George. I can't have you noticed on that spot with Roseanne, George, I mean, I love George. George, you know, is, is always there. You know what I mean? Yes. But he's he he lacks um what what's the word I'm looking oomph? for? Oh, that, that's it. There's no oomph. That's a very good word. Boy, I can't believe you came up with it. Well, he was O-O-R-M-P-H. talking to Roseanne. What? He was talking to Roseanne. That, that's not the point. There's just a certain uh, dullness there. You know, I mean, in other words, he sounds the way he looks, dull. Not knocking Giorgio because I know Monday when he comes back he'll be like, oh the old man was knocking you when you were no I was not. He might be listening now like he was the other day when we were asking about the origins of. Uh, that, that was on Monday. You weren't there, Zach. We were asking about the origins, and, and George called in. He said he had a radio accident that ordinarily he doesn't listen, which I'm sure he does not if he's smart when he's on vacation, but he was uh, taking CDs out or something like that, and there I was, you know, and asking that musical question. Yeah, he was and he, I still don't understand the answer about the origins of that. Okay, I guess on either the very first book of about You're just going to repeat the same thing that he said. Well, that's. I don't understand how you don't understand that. The very first book a bit about him, he did what? He did. He said, do, 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 and that's why the Dolphins going to win the championship. So instead of just saying blah blah well, what, what blah, 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 maybe, blah maybe blah. Chicken Neck will tell you which bit that is because that Ben's probably one we can't play. What? I will ask him in the magic window. Yeah, go in the window and ask, and, and he'll be very ecstatic that I got the disc. By the way, we can't. I'm sure it's one we can't play. There's so many, and the, and the best ones, of course, the best of anything we can't play. But that's the way it is. Not just Joyce. That's America as we know it today. That stinks. We can play this. Yeah, I know whose fault that is. My favorite. You know whose fault that is. Watch your back. We can play that, but we play it too much, and I don't want to, you know, overdo it. Nah, you can never ever do that. And of course, you had a lie because Clarence came in there and muzzled you, and you had to pretend that you didn't get canned off the show. You left. Oh, I want to do some other work. I want to go back to the strip club. I got too many jobs. You're such a. But that's why you're still there, though, I guess. Yeah, probably. Because you came in at all the right times, you know. Yes, sir. 
Yeah, it's Zach, Professor. Zach is here this uh, today and tomorrow. And then on Friday, Josh Cordes will be back, and then we'll hear from Brandon again, who just hates him. I don't know, I don't even know the origins of that either. Hates him. I mean, just despises him. Ah! Like that. Which Cordes can be annoying, especially when he doesn't put up the stories or when he starts begging me for money. But other than that, I don't see any reason to hate him, do you? No. Regardless of your position on the issues, which of these is most likely to influence your vote for president? We've got 934 votes. I think we're going to get to our 1,000 by one, and then we can change the poll. How do you like that, Mr. Hotshot? Maybe. Do you have one called, and that's why I think the Jets will have a championship season? What is it? And that's why I think... Oh, never mind. Eric was well, What's it something. called? Yeah, Eric was telling me, and he's like, what? and then also he goes, or whatever it was called, so I don't know. Boca hasn't answered the question yet. Chicken Egg hasn't answered the question. He's probably out spending all that money I just sent him. He's got some nerve not answering the question what bit that was. I know I know exactly, you know, I can recite it, mm-hmm. but I don't know what it's called. Now, we can go through the whole library of Mo. Uh, they're not, 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 let's see. Crappy Together, that was Pharrell. Dolphin Banquet. What the hell is that? I'd like to welcome you all to tonight's Miami Dolphin Banquet. We'll be starting the evening off with a few words from Mo Howard Davis. <laughs> get out of my way. I got this thing on here. A good evening in paradise, gentlemen and joins. <laughs> I'm honored to be on the, 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 the dais tonight. I almost didn't make it because the tailor ran out of bread for my leisure suit. <laughs> I like that. And then there's Doreen. Remember Doreen, the queen? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so uh, we got yet another installment of the spectacular Mo Howard and David in the show. We got uh, Jay Fiedler coming up as a very special guest. And uh, after that, we got another very special guest coming up tomorrow. That will be uh, Jay Fiedler. (laughs) Oh, yeah. What are you doing, Mo? Mo? What are you doing? Mo! I'm clipping my nose here. What's it to you? No, I guess it's not that one. Huh? And then there's uh, one with Pharrell. It's not the one about crappy together. All right, now, uh, welcome back to the Mo Howard and David Show on your more mucus station. <laughs> well, we got a special guest journalist today. Oh, no! Not Arthur Fiedler again. That's Jay Fiedler, you numbskull. <laughs> And it ain't him either. Costas? Uh, I'm even tired of dropping his date. But how was the ratings party? Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Why? Was it? Oh, you see, I thought it was an all-nude ratings party. Huh? Clarence told me everybody there was going to be in the nude, so I uh, shows up naked, and uh, everybody ran out of there. Yeah, because she shows up naked. Nah, he told Luann the same thing. Oh, yeah, well. Oh, here comes our special guest, uh, Pharrell, right? Well, uh, what do you know? What do you say? You know, this has got to be one of the premier radio shows on the air today. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. It's time to get it on. What's that crap they played down the hall? That's power. Power 96. What well, garbage. The kids today don't know what's good. Like that song, uh, I'm happy I live in a split-level head. You remember that? How can you... Listen. I'm happy I live in the split-level head. I'm happy I live in the split-level head. You don't remember that? No. No. Why am I surrounded by morons? 
your mind, Howie. Don't you call me, Howie. I got a nothing subordination from you, pal. You shut up, asshole. Okay, that's it. You're all fired. You fat stupid boob. You listen to me. You're fired. Tell me that goes for you, too. You know who I am? I'm the king of paradise. <laughs> I came down here after losing my job to be a big fish in a little pond. When they kicked me off ESPN, they told me don't come back again. I had some problems with wise guys who advised I move to paradise. Florida. Fire! That bag deal ain't no Louis Nye. That guy was fucking. You're all fired! And I hope that kid does what dies. I hope he dies! I hope you all die! I'm a big fish in a little pond, see? A big fish in a little pond! Is anybody listening to me? I'm a big fish in a little pond! A big fish in a little pond! A big fish in a little pond! Okay, 1220. That's not the one, though, but it's good. Um, do you have a Mo in Oz? Mo in Oz? Is that the one? Well, Eric is saying it might be, and he's not sure, and Book still hasn't responded yet, so. Wow. He might be taking a serious choice or something. Or he, maybe you can have enough money now to go out and buy lunch. Oh, maybe that, too. Mo in Oz? Uh, Eric is saying it's track 38 on Mo Bits Volume 1, but um, I'm sure you should have it otherwise. I do have it. I mean, I have the disc. Well, I'll find it eventually. I got something even better. What's that? I just printed out from the Internet. I don't think I ever saw this before. It's an open letter to Howard David on the Internet. Really? From a guy called uh, Michael without a last name. It says, before I get started, the purpose of this memo is to provide you with constructive comments on your performance on WQAM. This is not a personal attack, and it in no way is intended to insult you. I've thought about calling you on the air with these observations, but I realize I'd be bumped off in seconds because my comments will not be to your liking. The morning show. Hosting a morning show is no easy task. It's very different from calling a game. Your manner is sometimes a bit overbearing. When you call a game, you should be loud and authoritative on reporting what you're seeing. In the morning, no one likes turning on the radio on the first thing in the morning, hearing some guy yelling just to yell and usually yelling about nothing. Tip number one. Hosting a morning show requires a more conversational tone and attitude. There have been many, many times when you've stated your opinion is fact. Your expert opinion is still just an opinion. Learn to come across more like a person debating sports, not like you're the ultimate authority. Oh, I thought he was. Isn't he? Sure. At times you've had some excellent national and local guests. Probably thanks to Zach. Oh, treat, yeah. them with re- treat them with respect and do your homework. On more than one occasion, you've asked a question, and then you told them the answer before they had the chance to respond. Sometimes they disagree with you. Other times, you can hear the frustration in their voices, even if they do agree with you. Tip number two. When you ask a question to an expert player or co-host, let them answer. The interview with Chris Carter is an excellent textbook example of how not to interview someone. Listen back to it. When you ask him if he'll get in Jay's face, I thought he was going to hang up on you. Tip number three. Refer to tip number one and two and do your homework. Let your co-host shine. One time you cut off Steve in mid-sentence and said, let's talk about that later. We'll take some calls now. That indicates that in your mind, Steve, a.k.a. Geldy, is less important. The truth is that we like him. Steve is knowledgeable, and he's a major part of the show. 
The only reason most of us still tune in is because he's there helping you. Tip number four. When working with others on the air, especially if they already are known and liked by the audience, be respectful. Just because your name is on the show doesn't give you the right to think you're the only star. Would Seinfeld have been as hit without George, Elaine, and Kramer? Recently, you've improved in this area. Keep it up. <laughs> Dolphin games. You're not very funny. At times, you try to insert jokes both in the morning show and in the games or comments that just don't work. Pete, tip number five. Be a straight man. Leave the humor to the color commentator, the guys that are there to make them. Tip number six, think like a Dolphin fan. When the game against the Jets ended and you were wrapping up from the locker room with Mad Dog, your last question to him was, where does Coach Edwards go from here? The Mad Dog responded, he didn't care. I'm just enjoying this win. Today belongs to the Dolphins or something like that. Why would we care about the Jets or their coaching staff or where we go for, uh, they go from here? Again, these comments were not intended to be harmful. Also, they aren't just mine. Many fans feel the same. Just walk around the tailgate parties and listen to what people are saying. I just wanted to share a few of my observations with you, but most people are not as kind as me. Overall, you come across the radio as a smug, full-of-yourself guy. I bet that you are none of these things. Help see that we're wrong about you. <laughs> all right. No, he's not smug and full of himself. Oh, no, he's not just at all. full of that. Yep. Wow. Lola says, and here's some responses to that. I should, I should have printed out all the responses. Oh, there's some good ones. She says, I've been meaning to tune into the morning show for some time, but I'm stuck on Zeta. This guy sounds like a real piece of Schmidt, eh? I hate it when the morning host has terrible interview skills. It's so annoying, says Lola. And what does that say there? Thanks, Lola. I figured that since you are the new MOD, I give you my best effort. GM66 out. What, what is that all about? There's a really good response about nine, <laughs> nine responses down. Yeah. Number 11. He uh, pretty much... Sums everything up. Number uh, which one? I think it's number eleven. It's eleven. Mike, Mikey Dikey or whatever. Mikey D N Y. It's a pretty good one right well, there. Let me print it out. Yeah, I saw the D word on there. Okay, and the D word wasn't doy. No, it was not. It was a different D. There's okay, another word on there too. I don't think you could say. Oh well, you know me. I can I can clean them up with yeah. the rest of them. There it is. You hear the uh, thing grinding in the back there? Can you hear my machine? It's a good machine, man. Well, I feel like this show has been on for 100 hours today. Have you ever had a day like that? Oh, yeah. Never on this show, though. I love this show. I've decided I'm not moving back down there, at least not right now. Why not? Let's see. Oh, this didn't print out. Now I've got to go back to it again. I see something. Uh... Why don't you read it? <laughs> He's a plain and simple. I listen to 560 all the time. He's a D, plain and simple. I listen to 560 all the time, although Mandage is straight up Dolphin. I think he has a great sportscaster. Oh, I think he's a meaning Howard. David is, oh, David is just a blank sucker who said earlier in the year that he bleeds Dolphin colors. Sure you do, Uncle Tom D. D. I think he was D. saying I think Mandage is a uh, great sportscaster. Right. Yeah. Oh, he wasn't saying Mo. No. Now, did you read the uh, response above this one? No. The oh, best local guy, I think, is Jeff DeForest. Oh, my God. Woo! He has, the, um, he has a great sense of humor and comes up with great analogies. Too bad he's now on a station that's weak, that has a weak signal, 1,400. You'll pick it up, then a mile later you lose it. Yeah. And, and look at that picture there. Yep. <laughs> and it says, Absolute TV. And then underneath it says, Wife Beater. I don't know what that's all about. Uh-oh. That mall, which is Somebody right now, was pistol-whipped in Miami Mall. What mall is it? 
What mall is it, you John, idiots? are you there? Yes, ma'am. Okay, what's the situation right now in the mall? What's the situation? There? Uh, yes, ma'am, we're still on lockdown. We actually, uh, they have asked all the stores to lock the gates for right now. They said there was a robbery, and so all the stores are locked down right now. Um, they told you that it was a robbery. Did you see or hear anything, any gunshots fired inside the mall? Uh, no, ma'am. We just uh, basically security came by and just told us to lock the gates. The Dolphin Mall is on so lockdown, baby. Reports of a pistol whipping. Some mentioned you're a manager at one of the stores there, Ann Taylor, so you and your... Um, and here I always thought P-Whip meant something else. Biggest name. Mo and Oz. This is Neil Rogers. What is it? Mo and Oz from Boca. The sports leader. Howard David's a bitch. The nation's economy is in trouble. Gas prices are already starting to hurt the economy. Summer is coming fast. I take a trip but can't afford the gas. Save a buck. You want to figure out a way to slow this economy down? I, I know. Why I bother and bust my ass? Heaven knows I've got no cash. Save a buck till recession ends. Are we headed for a recession? Are we already in one? As I explode with stress, my credit card debts will not only fifty dollars. Save a buck till recession ends. Uh -huh. Well, I'm still a million bucks shy of being a millionaire. Save a buck till recession ends. We don't even have money in our budget for coffee filters. That's it. It'll make you more Jewish if you strain your coffee through a yarmulke. Strain it through a yarmulke and the coffee, too. 1233, 27 to 1 at 560 WQM. So that was some um, marginally interesting crap there on that thing. Mm -hmm. And on Wikipedia, it, it just keeps referring to, to me, referring to somebody as like that. It says that over and over again. My, they please, see, I almost said Miami Dade. I refuse to do that. I will not say it. It's stupid. It's idiotic. It's. Tragic. Tragic. Nobody says Miami-Dade, okay? Nobody. And in fact, I, I understand that it's legal now. If somebody says that, you can blow their crap away. Oh, really? And get an award for it. I have to remember that. Dade police sealed off entrances to the Dolphin Mall this morning as they searched for two armed home invasion suspects believed to be hiding out inside. The two took refuge in the mall after breaking into a home at Northwest 10th Street and 129th Ave, Dade police be saying. Here's what happened according to police radio dispatches and the Herald. Four armed men broke into a home at Northwest 10th Street and 129th Avenue. After the home invasion, they took off in a white minivan. The occupant of the home took off after them in a green car. The van stopped at the Dauphin Mall, dropping off two of the men. One ran into the marshals and the other into an Old Navy store. At least one of the subjects in the mall was captured. There was a report of one subject making it to the roof of the Dave and Busters. Somebody in the mall was pistol whipped by the home invaders as they fled through the mall. Dave Fire Rescue was called. Meanwhile, the van continued on its journey, still followed by the green car. Woo! How do you like that? Heavy. So somewhere in South Florida, there's a green car and a white van. 
How come we don't see the pictures of it? Are you watching your local TV there, local yokel, like channel hyper uh, hyperventilating channel seven? As we speak, mm-hmm. the channels are changing, looking for it. And nothing. C- CBS, nothing. Channel, yeah. se- channel seven, nothing. Well, if channel seven's got nothing, you can bet your bottom dollar channel six and channel ten ain't going to have a squat. Ten's got nothing. Although it's got news on, they're going to the weather right now. Well, who cares about that? And I'm looking for six right. Well, look how close that's getting now. The superdelegate count, 255 for Swillery, 222 for Barack Obama. Her uh, lead, even in the superdelegates now, is vanishing, just like her lead in the polls in Pennsylvania. Boy, you got some tourists there, Swillery. Now, as for me, I'm going to get in that Pontiac this afternoon right at 2 o'clock and make it a Woodbine Wednesday. Isn't that great? Lucky you. Well, that's because I had a great dinner last night. At one of my one of our favorite Italian restaurants, we had a, uh, as opposed to the horrible dinner we had the night before. Oh, in another place. Ah. What'd you eat at the Italian restaurant last night? I had ravioli stuffed with goat cheese and crab meat. How was that? Awesome, just awesome. And of course, for appetizer, stracciatella, huh? which is like Italian egg drop soup. You never uh, had that? No. You like egg drop soup, like in your Chinks restaurant, or not? Uh, I usually get wonton. I didn't ask you what you usually get. I, no, I've Jesus. never. I, I don't like you egg drop. You are. You're just impossible. Don't like egg drop. Are. No. What? Don't like egg drop. Me either. Well, excuse me. Well, that's what Straccia tells us. It's like an Italian egg drop. It's like raviolis are like Italian creploch, and wontons are Chinese creploch. See how everybody imitated from the Jews? Even the Pope wears their little beanie. Still it from the Jews. Ah. Am I right? Sure. Although Ann Coulter, she'll tell you, man, the Goyim were there long before the Jews or anybody else. Even before there was a God, Man Coulter, she'll tell you, there were the Christians, the born-again Christians, like my neighbor, like my Farbissan neighbor. 348 people on a poll say it's the economy and the Iraq War 319. 350 now out of 962 votes. We're going to go over 1,000 very soon, quickly. Oh, Idol sent to the hospital. David Cook it's a week experienced long high blood pressure after his performance. That queen. Day they're working eight, Look 10, at her. 12, 14, 16. You know, the fact that people care about that and that dancing, if I have to hear any more about Jason Taylor, did you hear the quotes from, uh, the new, from Tony Soprano this morning? Uh-huh. It was on your show, Zach. Yes, it was. Talking about, oh, well, if Jason keeps winning, uh, he's talking about dancing with the stars. And you wonder why the Dolphins lost 15 games last season? They're worried about uh, how he performs on the dance floor? I mean, let's get serious already. Zach tunes in every night for that show. Of course. That's where it's at, baby. Dancing with the stars. Dancing with the stars. And American Idol. He has his JT uh, jersey on. He's got his cheerleader pom-poms going. Wait till you hear this story. Not that you'll care because it's got nothing to do with sports. When Attorney General McCasey delivered a speech last week demanding that Congress grant the President warrantless eavesdropping powers and telecom immunity, the question and answer session afterward included one extraordinary but little-noticed claim. McCasey argued that officials shouldn't need a warrant when somebody with a phone in Iraq picks up a phone and calls somebody in the U.S. because that's the call we may really want to know about. And before 9-11, that's the call that we didn't know about. We knew that there had been a call from someplace that was known to be a safe house in Afghanistan, and we knew it came into the U.S. We didn't know precisely where it went. 
Blogger Glenn Greenwald picked up on McCasey's statement suggesting if what McCasey said this week is true, and that's a big if, his revelation about this Afghan call the administration knew about but didn't intercept really amounts to one of the most potent indictments yet about the Bush administration's failure to detect the plot in action. Contrary to his false claims, FISA, for multiple reasons, did not prevent eavesdropping on that call. Keith Olbermann now featured the story on MSNBC's Countdown. What Olbermann asked incredulously after quoting McCasey, the government knew about some phone call from a safe house in Afghanistan in the U.S. about 9-11, before 9-11, and didn't do anything about it? Either the Attorney General just admitted that the government for which he works is guilty of malfeasant complicity in the 9-11 attacks, Olbermann said, or he's lying. I'm betting on lying, concluded Olbermann. If not, somebody in Congress better put that man under oath real fast. After 9-11, it was revealed that the CIA and the FBI had intercepted a variety of messages, including phrases such as, there's a big thing coming, they're going to pay the price, and we're ready to go. None of these messages gave specific details and unreached intelligence analysts until after the destruction of the World Trade Center. According to the San Francisco Chronicle, McCasey didn't specify the call to which he referred. He also didn't explain why the government, if it knew of telephone calls from suspected foreign terrorists, hadn't sought a wiretapping warrant from a court established by Congress to authorize terrorist surveillance or hadn't monitored all such calls without a warrant for 72 hours as allowed by law. The Justice Department did not respond to a request for mo information. Well, congratulations. Get a life. Hello, I'm Hillary Clinton. If you find yourself in a war-torn region like Bosnia or East L.A., you have to make sure you're protected. That's why I always wear Acme Bulletproof Pantsuits. Made from the strongest Kevlar, Acme Bulletproof Pantsuits deflect weapons fire and slims my waist, hips, and thighs. Now, if only Acme made a pantsuit that could deflect criticism when I... Misremember. <laughs> Bill, does this bulletproof pantsuit make my butt look fat? Oh, my, I'd rather negotiate with the Israelis and Palestinians than answer that question. It's at 1245 at 560 WQM. Now, here's a great story. Somebody just, oh, it's the iodine guy. Bellevue, Ohio. You know the iodine guy, the chronic faxer? Chris does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Felony indecency charges against a Bellevue man accused of lewd behavior on a deck behind his house have been dismissed, the Toledo Blade says. Now, that's almost enough to make me play that bit, you know, the biggest deck, but we can't play it. Police said a neighbor in Bellevue videotaped Art Price having sex termed as relations with his picnic table on four separate occasions. WEWS-TV in Cleveland reports. He was having sex with his picnic table. Well, it's bad if you get any splinters, you know. Ouch. Yeah, it could really hurt. Price was charged with four counts of pubic public indecency. Usually misdemeanors, the charges were felonies in this case because Price lives in the view of an elementary school and the alleged acts could have been seen by a minor. According to the Toledo Blade, Huron County Prosecutor Russell Leffler said the evidence didn't support felony charges. Other charges could be filed. He was having relations with his picnic table. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I thought, you might, I thought you might like that story. Why was that? Well, just because of the interesting it's nature bizarre. of the story. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's different. It's unusual. It's peculiar. Huh? How's Chris doing on his pool there? We got 973, baby. You're going to go over 1,000 any minute now. Wow. 974. Heavy, heavy duty. I can smell it. 974. And let me go to QM.com. I know we sold at least three. You think we ought to give a big push on it for Joe or not? Would he be Yeah, well, why not? not? Because you said the food was great. It was. And our thing for um, Lucille's isn't until tomorrow. 
Now, let's see how many we got left. 63. So we started with 66 well into our show. So by mentioning it, we uh, sold three of those certificates for Joe for Little Dog. Oh, right. I'm telling you, if you guys would start at 8, like we start ours on Thursday at noon, so it gives us two hours to peddle the stuff and to push it and rave about the great food, etc. I believe by next Wednesday we will have switched the time. Why, because I said so? Uh-huh. Because I'm taking your advice and I'm going to use it. And of course, I mean, one hour isn't enough to sell 100 certificates for Christ's sake, and then it makes him look bad, like, oh, gee, that Joe Rose, he don't have any audience. All he's got is a bunch of live spots, you know. Anyway, the Milk and Honey Cafe at 1755 North University in Hollywood, it's a good location, and you guys said the food was sensational. What did they bring? They brought in um, a couple, like, chicken, almost looked like paninis, chicken sandwiches, mm. uh, some apps, some like pecan, like French toast. Oh God! Yes. And oh, then, I love that, man. And a, a, like a brownie, like a homemade brown, like all kinds of like different stuff. It was, it was really brownie good. Brownie hounds, right? Like some mozzarella salad. Wasn't some there a lamb? Mo- did you say Recalant? mozzarella? Maybe mozzarella cheese salad. <laughs> was it mozzarella? Mozzarella. <laughs> well, I guess the cow goes moo, so it must be mozzarella. Yeah. yeah why not? Oh, and there was also God. it looked like lamb. Uh, like lamb chops, and Joe just ate them all. Wow, what a pig. Yeah. I, know, I, those, I know it smelled great. I bet you those breasts of his are like getting really saggy at his advanced stage now. He does have man boobs, there's no oh doubt. Oh, my God. I remember years ago when I first came to QM, he was bellyaching about that, about his man boobs. Nothing has changed. Well, we got 63 left on there out of 100. That's not very, you know, very, um, it should be a lot less than that. So I think we might sell out before our show's over. We might show out before, sell out before. No, we're going to shell out, and we're not going to sell out. Even uh, moo cows. Do you want to buy one? No. But uh, Zach said the food was sensational. You didn't go off your diet, did you, for this? Because, you know, it's uh, one of those deals. No, no. They had to satisfy everybody. Lots of, like, fruit. They had uh, strawberries and they had, like, bananas. I, I had the, the fruit portion of it, yes. And Local Honey Cafe. So go to WQM right now. There's 63 left. There are $50 certificates and they're yours for just 25 bucks, uh, courtesy of Joe Rose. We don't seem to be making any uh, inroads here. Why not? You know, when we do this thing, and, of course, it's on this show, I don't get it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. What do you mean? Well, it's on this show now, and I'm plugging it and trying to be helpful and lend a helping hand, and nothing is happening on there. Because usually we, we see them going in chunks. Maybe these people think I'm joking, you know? You're not joking? Well, I'm getting off of that thing. I'm going to go back to the pool. Okay, we'll check with it later and see if we had any impact. But I know we already sold three. We're working hard for you, Joe. Not. We're doing the best we can. That's all I can do. Now, if Jerks was doing this, boy, I'd sure lend him a helping hand. Wow. <laughs> I thought we were all on the same team. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's get with the team uh, program here, shall we? As soon as the Jerks is out, as soon as they put DA on two to four. Maybe, uh, what's his name? Maybe Jerks can do like early in the morning. What, uh, take the big Maybe ocean? take a nice nap after the heat game, after the next heat loss, and then it give him plenty of time to do his homework and get those stats ready. For the early morning show. You know, like from 3 to 5 a.m. before the Big O. I'm sure Big O would love to that 5 to 7 in the morning? Do, 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 do. Oh, yeah. Maureen Dowd has a column in the, Her- the uh, Times. Did I say the Herald? Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, she is syndicated. Maybe it'll show up in Herald. Who the hell knows? It's uh, the Hillary Waltz, she calls it. Democrats getting jittery about the alienating effects of the endless soap opera they call their campaign should buck up. That's with a B. These hand-wringers, as Hillary strategist Harold Ickes calls them, are not seeing the larger picture. Hillary is cruelly misunderstood, and she deserves more credit for her benevolence. 
Not only does she have a lot in common with Rocky, as she said Tuesday in Philadelphia, but she's got a lot in common with another famous character, the Mars Callan in Strauss's bittersweet comic opera, Der Rovenskavalier. See, she, uh, Hillary, uh, Hillary uh, what's her name? Maureen Dowd. Hillary Clinton. Maureen always uses words that nobody knows, and I sure as hell don't. Der Rosenkavalier? Huh? The Mars Callan is a princess married to a Viennese field marshal who's got a liaison a dangerous liaison with the younger man, Count Octavian. Though she's worried about her fleeting youth and the fickleness of men, she instructs the young man on the ways of love and then gracefully sets him free, allowing him to find happiness with the young Sophie as a soaring waltz plays. Whether or not she wins, Hillary's already given noble services a sophisticated political tutor for Obama, providing her younger colleague with much-needed seasoning. Who else was going to toughen him up? Howard Dean, John Edwards, Dennis Kucinich? Obama hadn't been hit hard until his campaign. He sailed through a Senate race. Without Hillary, he never would have learned to be a good debater. He never would have had to understand how to robustly answer distorted and personal attacks. He never would have been warned about how harmful an unplugged spouse can be. He never would have realized how a luminous speech can be effective damage control. When pressed about whether he's ready for swift voting, Obama seemed a little bit cavalier. But the Hillary camp will garret him with his mistakes until he fully appreciates what garroting feels like. Ickes told a website Tuesday that he's been pursuing superdelegates by pressing the Reverend Wright issue. Besides coaching Obama, Hillary's also shielding him. If she hadn't fibbed about the Tuzla airport landing and then fibbed to get out of a fib, the press would have stayed focused on Wright. She's been an invaluable lightning rod. Hillary has clearly raised Obama's consciousness about the importance of courting the ladies. During a manufacturing plant in Allentown, PA Tuesday, he was flirtatious, winking and grinning at women working there, calling one sweetie, telling another she was beautiful, and imitating his daughter's dance moves by twirling around. Maybe he'll be on Dancing with the Stars. Wouldn't that be something? Oh, yeah. Later at a Scranton town hall, he went up to Denise Mercury, a pharmacist from Dunmore, wearing a Hillary button. What do I need to do? Do you want me on my knees? He charmed before promising I'll give you a kiss. Obama's been less adept at absorbing a lesson of Hillary's metamorphosis from entitled queen of the party to scrappy blue-collar mama. His strenuous and inadvertently hilarious efforts to a working-class folk in Pennsylvania have only made him seem more effete. Keeping his tie firmly in place, he genteely slipped off. He genteely sipped his pint of jungling beer at Sharky Sports Cafe in Latrobe and bowled badly in Altoona. Challenging Obama to a bowl-off, Hillary kindly offered to spot him two frames. At the Wilbur Chocolate Shop in Lidditz Monday, he spent most of his time skittering away from chocolate goodies as though he were a starlet obsessing on a svelte waistline. Oh, now, the woman managing the shop told him with a frown, you don't worry about calories in a chocolate factory. The Times' Michael Powell reports that after watching five plump white-haired women in plastic hairnets spin the chocolate into such confections as Phantom of the Opera masks and pink high heels, he ventured, do you actually eat the chocolate or do you get sick of it? They giggled at his silliness. He looked even more concerned when he was offered a chocolate cake with white chocolate frosting. Oh, man, he said, that's too decadent for me. One of the most valuable lessons the gritty Hillary can teach the languid Obama and the timid Democrats is that the whole point of a presidential race is to win. It's not to share power or force the squabbling couple into an arranged marriage. The winner wins, even if it's only by a fraction of a percentage point or one Supreme Court justice. Winning's got no margin of error, as the Democrats should have learned by now, and the winner gets to decide his or her running mate. But the ultimate favor Hillary can do for the Illinois freshman is to fight him full out until the finale and then gracefully release him so he can find happiness with somebody else. Hillary's work is done only when she is done because the best way for Obama to prove he's ready to stare down Ahmadinejad is by putting away somebody even tougher, writes Maureen the Queen, Maureen Dowd. <clears throat> with words in there again that nobody can pronounce. That, that's her thing. She does that just to aggravate and agitate and, of course, just make me stumble. 
since these people are getting to hear her column for free and don't have to subscribe. You know what I'm saying? It's very nice of you. Very nice. It is. It's Dan yeah. White of me. You know, Frank Rich and Maureen Dodd are several, several columns on there that you have to pay to uh, subscribe to it for uh, online or, or listen to this show. 980 votes on the poll. I bet you are just pleased as all hell. Yeah, you could say that. I would say like the Yiddish, you know, phrase, but I don't remember what it is, so. You're quelling? Yeah, sure. Are you quelling? Yeah. Well, let me take a look at that. I don't think we're doing too good. I can't find it on there now. What, what do they do? Take it off of there? Oh, what? there it is. It's there. Big dog. What? No. Well, you never know with Cordis. He's such a jerk. 63. We didn't sell one more. That's bad. Not even one Not more. Not yet. Not yet. It's My goal on. is to get to 60 for Joe by 2 o'clock. All right. Milk and Honey Cafe. Great location. Excellent food. Now, what was that French toast you were telling me about? It made me want to scream. It sounded so good. I believe it had pecans mm. inside the French toast and around it. Whoa. Yeah. And lots of syrup on it. Syrup everywhere. And wow. there were strawberries inside the... Like and the I, I bet you there was enough syrup left over to take like a boysenberry enema. Biggest name. Some delicious. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. Just the one to two hour... It's a phenomenon! So, uh, where's, uh, Davy Gravy Line? <laughs> you fairy! Come on, everybody, get into the spin. Now that he's been in for however long it's been. Bring a good old grin, tuck in your second chin. And everybody do the grin, Come on and slide over to the middle.
Speaking of Bubba, a private meeting between Bill Clinton and California superdelegates erupted when the former president was reminded of Bill Richardson's decision to endorse Barack Obama. He's losing it, Bubba. He's, uh, he's going over the edge. It was like somebody pulled a pin from a grenade, according to San Francisco Chronicle columnist Philip Matier and Andrew Ross. Five times to my face, Richardson said he would never do that. A red-faced finger-pointing Clinton erupted. The two write in today's paper. Clinton was a far cry from the congenial former president who told fellow delegates to chill out over the race between his wife and Barack Obama. It was one of the worst political meetings I've ever attended, one superdelegate said. According to those at the meeting, Clinton, who flew in from Chicago with bags under his eyes, was classic old Bill at first, charming and making small talk with 15 or so delegates who gathered in the room behind the convention stage. But as the group moved together for the perfunctory photo, Rachel Bina, former Richardson delegate and now supports Hillary, told Bill how sorry she was to have heard former Clinton campaign manager James Carville call Richardson a Judas for backing Obama. It was as if somebody pulled a pin out of a grenade. Five times to my face, Richardson said he would never do that. A red-faced finger-pointing Clinton erupted. The former president then went on a tirade that ran from the media's unfair treatment of Hillary to questions about the fairness of the votes in state caucuses that voted for Obama, and ended with him asking delegates to imagine what the reaction would be if Obama was trailing by just 1% and people were telling him to drop out. It was very, very intense, said one attendee, not at all like the bill of earlier campaigns. It was kind of strange later when he took the stage and told everybody to chill out, one delegate told us. We We couldn't help but think he was also talking to himself. He's losing it, baby. Red in the puss. And he won't like this news. Eric Mays writes on the Ross story, Swillery's death watch puts her chances below 10%. Oh, my God. Is Hillary Clinton's candidacy dead? Ask Eric. It's a question that's cropping up more and more. She was a shoo-in last summer. Now she's the underdog. She won Texas. Then she lost Texas. Slate has hooked up a heart monitor and begun the bedside vigil to keep bookmakers and voters abreast of her odds. A feature on the organization's website rates Clinton's chances of capturing the nomination. Today, her odds were up slightly from 9.7% to 9.9%. When you've got a 1 in 10 shot of winning the nomination a day without any major screw-ups is a good one, declared Slate. Her odds today were down from last week when Slate kicked off its death watch and opened her odds at 12%. But had they risen slightly from the weekend, they had because organizations heart monitor determined she hadn't had made any missteps over the last several days, setting a collection of polls that showed her with modest gains. She rose four points in Gallup's latest poll, but that was balanced by several key endorsements that Obama recently received. The New Observer reported Obama was expected to win a couple of North Carolina endorsements this week. Slate promised to adjust Clinton's odds as polls waver, surrogates resign, superdelegates bail, and, of course, voters vote. We'll also keep an eye on indicators like fundraising, political futures, media coverage, and the windchill factor in Scranton, PA. 
Not everyone agrees with Slate's assessment. In-trade today gave Clinton a 14.8 chance of winning compared to 82% for Obama. Despite the predictions, Clinton seems unlikely to die quietly, and she went on, goes on about the Rocky thing, you know. You know, Rocky, old Rocky. Rocky, Rocky, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Rocky Balboa. Yeah, and that's what she was saying. Like Rocky, she don't go down easy. Which is probably why Bubba turned to Monica. You exactly. Know? <clears throat> 9.92 on the poll, on Chris's poll, about the issues that count to you, baby. The economy is number one, 353, stupid, and the Iraq war. Oh, Pennsylvania Democrats, look at that. There's a Quinnipiac University poll. Swillery 50, Obama 41, not sure, a 9. Down slightly from two weeks ago when Clinton led by 12 points. 158 Democratic delegates, of course. Yeah, the Rasmussen poll, she's only uh, four or five points in Pennsylvania. And dropping like Iraq, rack, rock. She's no longer rock solid. So what's the story with him now? The, the big O? What about him? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's mired there in that five to seven. And, of course, he's been on the station for, what, 100 years? And actually, Jolly Joe paid his way to the um, that thing, the combine, the NFL yep. combine. And actually provided him with his own measuring tape. Maybe they could send me there next year. That would be interesting. I'll bring yeah, my own I think you'd enjoy tape. that too much. Especially if Brady Quinn was there, I might bring my own measuring tape. And, of course, uh, Chris is really sour on Brady Quinn because he looks good, you know. Oh, I have no problem about that. What? I don't care how he looks. Well, if he was ugly, you'd like him. You'd have said, oh, the Dolphins should have picked Brady Quinn. Actually, I think he was kind of overrated when he was in college, so... Are you picking on Notre Dame now just because they're a bunch of forbidden Catholics? Is that what you're doing? I Good. That's cool. Keep it up. I hate Michigan, too. I'm a, I'm a Spartan, man. You know that. I hate Michigan. Yep. But when Tom Brady was there, I thought, hey, go Wolverines, baby. We love the Wolverines. Like that. You know, I mean, once in a while, I'm weak. Like that's everybody just else. That's because you're attracted to him. I beg your pardon? That's just because you're attracted to him. No kidding. Why did I just say that, schmuck? I thought if anybody's got a quarterback that looks that good, can uh, you know? Can they really be that bad? And now that he's gone from there, they are. Now, where did Matt Leinart play? USC. Yes. He looks pretty good. Nine ninety four on the pool. <laughs> well, he does. He's a human-looking guy. Most now. Let me just say this to you. In football, if a guy is going to be a good-looking guy, it's usually the quarterback. Yeah, that's more the than line, The linemen are grotesque. Not all of them, but just most. Well, a lot of them are, are very, you know, big guys, 300 right. plus they're, they're, they're freaks. They're like, yeah. like basketball players in the NBA. How many good-looking guys in the NBA? Three? Five. Five. Talk about crap. Talk about those heats. Yeah. Oh, you'll get all the stats, by the way, in their 20-point loss the other day. Did they play again? I guess they got the day off yesterday, right? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, they did. To, to lick their wounds after getting pounded again and again and again and again. It just, it, it's, it's a local and national, international disgrace. The entire universe is pissed off about it. I say it's time to disband the Heat. And then, of course, the jerk show, what does he do then? Well, they play the New Orleans Hornets tonight. In? I believe in Miami. Whoa, you're going to be there? I am not going to be there. I bet you jerks will be there covering it. He'll be right at the table, won't he? I think that's a good bet. It'll be a table courtside, a table side, jerks. Now, is he going to be playing that music when they uh, give the stats? Are they going to be? I wonder if they do that also at the. Uh, I'm sure they do at the basketball games. Like Joe was screaming about the noise at the uh, baseball. They do. It's it's bad at the games still, yeah. I mean, the hockey games. There there was a time in the Macarena when they had the noise so loud in there, you, you your brains were like scrambled, like like scrambled eggs, loud and uh, intense and just. 
uh, all the speakers were vibrating and just people were like, what the hell? Couldn't, hear, couldn't even talk to yourself, much less anybody else. People don't want that, okay? Nobody in their right mind wants that. Why not? What? You want to be entertained. No, I don't. I want to, uh, During the game, I want to be entertained. I want some entertainment during the game. Not before the game, not in between the periods, not during the face-offs. I don't want, like, loud screaming. Uh, and I sure don't want to see Gelly up there on the damn uh, scoreboard. I could have gone to that game on Saturday, but instead I chose to go to um, what I do. Went to Hard Rock. He'd probably invite you up to the booth. Gelly? Yeah, sure yeah. he would. Why not? Gelly loves you. You are so full of crap. Why, why do you say such stupid things? Is it just because you enjoy being stupid? or Why would Goldie not love you? What, what, what would be the reason for that? I don't know. Maybe maybe that. I think you he think? likes that. Oh, he likes the attention. In fact, when we first came to the station and Boca did that Gildy bit, you know, Gildy, Gildy, this one, that one. Gildy was uh, karaokeing it at the bars, we, uh, we were told. Gildy, Gildy. Now, I don't know what that means. Does it mean he's really stupid or... He's got a good sense of humor, doesn't take himself too seriously, or realizes that he's got a squeaky voice and doesn't belong on the air mode. That should be it. Absolutely. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The Sports Leader. Hello and welcome to A Current Affair. Chelsea Clinton blindsided by a question campaigning for her mother. What she was asked and how she responded. Chelsea? Do you have embarrassing evidence? Wow, you're the first person actually that's ever asked me that question. Um, Can you open a beer bottle with your vajayjay? I do not think that's any of your business. Chelsea then took a question about global warming and then ended the event. We got a thousand four votes. Let's hear it for Chris. Oh. All right. All right. Aren't you thrilled? And I think what we ought to do now, I'm going to um, print it out and then we'll change the pool. How's that? Sounds good. Sound like a plan, Zach? He's, uh, you know, not here. He's joicing again? I don't know, maybe. Well, I'm just glad that the audio vault crashed on the uh, rejoiner, not before that. Why is that? Because otherwise we'd have, have to, you, have to make up those spots. That would be really bad, because that's what we're here for, baby, is to play the spots. All spots radio. And we make no bones about it. Oh, here's tomorrow's pool. It doesn't pay to be cheap when it comes to... And then... Um, our friend, uh, what's his name in Hollywood? What's his name? Um, I don't remember. Sean. Oh, that's it. Just testing, you see. He's got a list of 80 million things. Here's the final uh, result from the other poll. 1,004 votes. Regardless of your position on the issue, which of these is most likely to influence your vote for president? The economy, 356. The Iraq War, 332. And that's it. Everything else, small taters. Foreign policy in general, 71. Healthcare, 60. Taxes, 39. God stuff, like separation of church and state or lack thereof, 36. Immigration, 35. Gay rights, 13. Gay. Cuba, 12. Gun rights and such, 10. The space program, 10. Drugs. Drugs, baby, 8. I'm not going to vote, 7. Israel, 6. Oi! Education, 4. Welfare, 2. Abortion, 2. And FCC stuff, solamente uno. That was probably Jolly Joe, FCC stuff. I, I actually voted for that. Oh, did you really? I did FCC. I Why? Uh, I don't know. Because I wanted to be the one and only Because you're tired of having to keep bleeping Joe out there in the morning? I don't want to be a police officer, you know what I mean? And that's what you said. You're policing the place. Uh, I'm going to vote for employees on that other poll. Don't be cheap when it comes to your employees. And look at that. It's got two votes. Toilet paper, too. 
I don't understand. Uh, what just happened there? I just had like an out-of-body experience. What'd you feel? No, where it says I'm not going to vote. Yeah, what, what? Um, you're going to vote that you're not going to vote. Yeah, I know. I saw that too. No, no, I understand. Which of these are you going to vote? No, that, that, that makes sense. I thought maybe I had like the same um, answer and it didn't make any sense. We don't want to do that, do we? Like anybody no. cares? The poll police will get after us then. Oh, you put an answer on a poll that didn't make any sense. Too bad. Robert Shear writes in truthdig.com, War of the Word. Would God ever damn America? Is there anything we've done or could do as a nation that might court such severe judgment from an almighty? Or is there a peculiar American exemption from God's wrath? The prediction of God's damnation for bad behavior is made both in black and white churches. One authority on such matters, Reverend Pat Robertson, didn't think the latter when he blamed the ravaging effects of Hurricane Katrina on the Lord's retribution against those who shed innocent blood. Robertson's reference to legalized abortion said in a passage from Leviticus that the Reverend Jeremiah Wright also might have been thinking of when he sermonized, the government wants us to sing God Bless America. No, no, no. God damn America. That's a news story, by the way, so don't, uh, you know. That's in the Bible for killing innocent people, a reference to African Americans sacrificed on ghetto streets. You follow what I'm saying? It's a news story, Zach. Okay, I'm just policing it, just in case. Don't over-police. We already got choice for that. And the crapper there over there in uh, the West Coast, he's got a big dump button. While the innocents about whom they spoke are different, the scriptural reference seems to be the same. As Robertson put it in a statement preserved in a video clip posted on the Internet by Media Matters, I was reading yesterday about what God has to say in the Old Testament about those who shed innocent blood. The land will vomit you out, which he related to attacks either by terrorists or now by natural disaster. The land will vomit you out. Robertson, a firm ally of Republican administrations, has not always been warm to the presumed GOP presidential nominee, Senator John McCain, although the two recently mended their strained relationship. However, in the season of pastor baiting, McCain is now his own problem, having expressed his thrill in receiving the endorsement of Pastor John Hagee. Hagee, citing a planned homosexual parade, had previously told National Public Radio that Hurricane Katrina was God's punishment of the people of New Orleans for a level of sin that was offensive to God. Obviously, the Almighty with whom Hagee is on intimate terms is in need of MapQuest, given that New Orleans' gay neighborhoods were among the ones least impacted by the hurricane. What did I tell you? The Lord's got bad aim. Didn't I always tell you that? Yes. Hagee long has been denounced by Catholics for labeling the Vatican the great whore and blaming Hitler's genocidal policies on his having attended a Catholic school as a child. A Hagee issue that has some current relevance to the Iraq disaster is his blasting of the Roman Catholic Church for sponsoring the Crusades, which plunged the world into the Dark Ages. In a warning that imperial adventures lose some of their luster with the passage of time, Hagee wrote in his book, Jerusalem Countdown, the brutal truth is that the Crusades were military campaigns of the Roman Catholic Church to gain control of Jerusalem from the Muslims and to punish the Jews as the alleged Christ killers on the road to and from Jerusalem. What will future theologians say about George W. Bush's crusade to liberate Iraq, shedding the blood of hundreds of thousands of innocents? I know what the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. would say if he were alive today, for it would be consistent with his denunciation of the Vietnam War in a sermon at New York's Riverside Church a year before his assassination. Recounting his difficulty in spreading the message of nonviolence and personal responsibility to the very ghetto youths that Reverend Wright has worked with for decades, King stated, I knew I could never again raise my voice against the violence of the oppressed in the ghettos without having first spoken clearly to the greatest purveyor of violence in the world today, my own government. King delivered that speech the year Wright ended his six years of service in the U.S. Marine Corps and Navy, for which he received three commendations from President Johnson, whom King was confronting. 
No doubt Wright was influenced by King's oratory decrying the cruel irony of watching Negro and white boys on TV screens and brutal solidarity burning the huts of a poor village, but we realized that they would hardly live on the same block in Chicago. I couldn't be silent in the face of such cruel manipulation of the poor, he said, and neither could Wright. I respect Barack Obama's right to repudiate his pastor's comments, as he did, but I respect even more his refusal to throw the man overboard in a practice that we witnessed all too often with the Clintons when they came under right-wing attacks. Hillary did it again Tuesday, telling the right-wing Pittsburgh Tribune Review editorial board that Wright would not have been my pastor. So she says, but the record shows she was there in the White House on September 11, 1998, when her husband posed for a photo with the Reverend Wright and was grateful for his support in the midst of that wrath of Leviticus blue dress flap. In great, says Robert Shear. Ingrate, ungrateful bitch, sow, all of these things. All of these things. And a boy, Bobby, you tell it like it is. We ought to have, you know, that bit we got my religion's better than your religion? Yep. We ought to have one called My Pastor's More Hateful Than Your Pastor. Oh, come on, that wouldn't be nice. <laughs> That's right, piss off all those people that get upset when we talk about religion. Well, that poll that we repeated here a couple weeks ago, that just, that just floored me. Oh, we, we turn it off when you and George talk about Well, you know what? Go turn it off, okay? Go see your rabbi, your rebbe. Go see your uh, pastor. Go see your priest if he's not busy with the altered boys. When was the last time you went to the temple? When I was 13 years old, when I had my bar mitzvah. You think I would ever go back for that drek again? Why? What would I go back for? I what about mean, you, Zach? Uh, yeah, I believe. Well, actually, not my bar mitzvah. My brother's bar mitzvah was the last time I was at a temple. At a shul? Yeah, that no, that was. And it. did you bless the wine? Did you say Baruch Atah Adonai Barei Did you bless the wine? I did. Yeah. Did Not it help? Really. Was it Manashevitz or Morgan David? Oh, it was Manashevitz. Or right. Howard David did. <laughs> Not Howard David did. It. <laughs> it came out today. Zach drinks Howard David did wine. Do, 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 do. Oh my if God! If he made it, I would drink it. How about that? No, you wouldn't. I would try it. How is that Manashevitz? Manashevitz is pretty good. You I'm, looking Joe roasting. I'm looking to see if we did any more good for Joe. We sold one. 62. Well, we sold four since uh, we came on the air. Yeah, one since we said we were going to get down to 60. Well, we still got 62 on there for the uh, Milk and Honey Cafe. I, Let's I go, people. We need at least two more sold. Let's go. I, I don't get it. Can you explain that to me? What's, uh, what's the problem there? I'm not really sure. The location is excellent right there in Hollywood on University. The food is sensational. I'm sure it's not like a real high price joint, is it? I don't believe so, no. No. And you're getting a $50 deal for 25 bucks. And it's good food. I don't get it. Maybe maybe they just don't like Joe anymore. <laughs> Since he picked on the beast so much. I think that's what they did. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. Oh! You fairy.
Stirring up some nuts for our next winter. 132 at 560 WQM. We got the new poll up there, and Chris is all whipped up about that, I'm sure. Yep. It's always good to get the new one up there during the show because that almost guarantees for the next day. Are we still stuck on 62 of those uh, things from Joe Rose? Yes, we are. Oh, my God. I thought for sure we could uh, do three of them this hour. Maybe if I bought two, you think? I'm not going to. I could do it. That would be cheating, and I don't want to, you know. That's money I could be winning with it, uh, Woodbine, this afternoon. I won't tell if you cheat. You ought to be really proud of me, by the way. It's Wednesday. I got back here on Sunday. Sunday night I went to Woodbine and won a few hundred bucks. I already told you that. And that's the only time I've been since I've been back. You missed the hard rock, that's why. No, I think I just, you know, I need a break, a little bit of a break. I plunged my guts out there between Pompano. Next time, Gulfstream for sure, first. And that Christine Lee's. I mean, it was a Florida Derby weekend. Talk about bad luck. Any other time, I'd have been there in a heartbeat. I'd have been there early in the morning. Anyway, here's the new pool. It doesn't pay to be cheap when it comes to toilet paper 11. Amen to that. Don't give me none of that two-ply or single-ply. Can you imagine that, single-ply? No way. I like the aloe on there also. Aloe? Yeah, the one that... I never even heard of that. Oh, the Charmin with the aloe. The Charmin Oh, yes. Aloe on your Rectum. ass? Uh-huh, nice and soft. Maybe that's why we don't get uh, hemorrhoids. Maybe. Oh, I see. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try that. This is, Charmin maybe Plus. Can, maybe I can win enough at Woodbine this afternoon to go out and buy me a case of uh, aloe-loaded toilet paper. Yeah, it's, it's good. Charmin Plus. Mm. Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's the brand that I have in my house. Zach recommends Charmin Plus to wipe your ass with. We got 12 now, say toilet paper. Employees, five. I'm not going to vote four. What, what does that mean, I'm not going to vote? That's like the uh, I don't want to or I don't care or whatever we no, said. No, get out of there. Get that off of there, please. Can you get that off or oh, ask somebody? Take it off. That, that, that's from the other poll. I, no wonder I got confused before. It doesn't pay to be cheap when it comes to I'm not going to vote. Sounds a little weird. Where, where did that come from? Was that on the original uh, thing? Let me take a look. Let me take a puke at it and see. Because I know that we're No, I think it added before that when we went to vote, add it to the other poll. I did, you know, what I have to do to add it. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, wait, that's on the wrong poll because Eric already had this one. Ah, out. so Chris screwed it up. Hold I on. knew it. So I asked Eric to take it off and put it on the other poll. And he just said, hold on a second. Okay, now add it. But So I figured he took it off of this one. Shame on you, Eric. That's the first mistake he's ever made, by the way. Yep. On this show. It doesn't be, uh, pay to be cheap when it comes to prostitutes for cars, too. Steaks, too. Oh, that's for sure. Nothing worse than cheap meat. Shoes, two. Scotch, two. Concert seats, one. Mechanics, one. Bicycles, one. Cigars, one. Underwear, one. 
and none for ketchup, celery, accountants, or MP3 players. Well, I mean, you can get an MP3 player. Oh, there's Mickey, Michael Chertoff. Engraved invitation for drug dealers. Knocking like a real fruitcake. What's up, up, Mickey? Our border patrol agents. Yeah, he's going to protect us from all those evil doors, Mickey Chertoff. Halfway to its goal. Right? Don't you feel a lot safer hearing him speak? Absolutely. My God, what what kind of a creature is that? Where did, what planet did that come from? What toilet did that sneak out from under the back of the bowl from? Speaking of toilet paper. I think that was a fairly educational, it was disgusting, but remember the day we were researching toilet paper and the history of it? No. You don't? Oh, yeah, 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 last week, and yeah, okay. And the left hand, right hand, and all that stuff, yeah. I think Chris is on delay. I think I am. Well, I was also, Eric said it's all gone, so uh, I'm not going to go on. Yeah. Oh, and once it's gone, it won't come back, because it didn't make any sense on there. It doesn't pay to be cheap when it comes to I won't vote. <laughs> and it got a couple of votes on it. And like you said, it's like, I hate this poll. Anything negative goes over really big in South Florida. Anything negative. What did you vote for? It would be considered. Employees. I voted for prostitutes. Shame on you. Why? You don't want a cheap prostitute. How do you know? Maybe maybe she's desperate enough she'll be really great in the sack. Or well, he that's or a is. different story. Unless, of course, you're out there servicing your uh, picnic table in the backyard. I bet you that's expensive. Wow. Yeah, especially when they got to take the slivers out. Wow. Two top advisors for Senator John McCain represented one of the nation's most aggressive predatory lenders. Contradicting McCain's straight talk about America's collapsing housing market. I will not play election year politics with a housing crisis, he declared last week while unveiling his response. John Green, the senator's chief liaison to Congress, and Wayne Berman, his national finance co-chairman, billed more than 720 grand in lobbying fees from 2005 through last year to AmeriQuest Mortgage through their lobbying firm. Disclosure forms reviewed by the uh, New York Daily News reviewed, uh, revealed. AmeriQuest, which since has been bought out, was forced to settle suits with 49 states for $325 million. More than 13,000 New York homeowners got taken for a ride by the company. Records be shown. They would be defined as the most blatant and aggressive predatory lender of everybody, said Bruce Marks, head of the nonprofit Neighborhood Assistance Corporation of America. Despite their past familiarity with the issue, neither Green or Berman had any input into McCain's plan for dealing with the lending crisis, aides to the Arizona senator be seen last week. McCain's stable also includes a handful of lobbyists, the news notes, including McCain campaign manager Rick Davies, formerly a lobbyist for the telecommunications industry, and Thomas Loeffler, McCain's national financial chairman, who recently helped Airbus land a lucrative Pentagon contract. All the crooks all the time, baby. They talk a good game. They're all on somebody's payroll. Am I right? You bet. Why do they work so feverishly, so hard to get in these positions? Because they can rape the public. Legalized rape. At a good Am I right? What? At a high pay. At a, a very high pay. That's right. And don't forget what Mo said. Gang rape is funny. Right. Just ask the Saudis about that. They'll tell you. Gang rape is funny. Was he was that, very indignant about that. Was, was that the Saudis or was that Howard? That was Mo. Oh. I bet you the Saudis don't like Mo. I was thinking about that yesterday. I think a lot about a lot of silly things. About the Because I was at Woodbine... Or maybe it was in this building. Here we have a lot of future terrorists in this building. And it was a young guy who came in, not, not a bad-looking kid, maybe in his early 20s. And I, I thought to myself, he, he looks like he's either Jewish or Arabic, Middle Eastern, you know what I mean? And then I thought to myself, well, in other words, he, he's Semitic-looking. 
And then, of course, that immediately brings to mind the fact that the Semites, the Arabs and the Jews, they're all from the same, uh, they got the same roots, baby. It's the same crowd. And they're all killing each other for thousands of years, just like the Shiites and the Sunnis and the Kurds. Little Miss Muffin with her Kurds in way, eh? Am I right? Absolutely. All these people killing each other are all from the same uh, family tree, baby. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe there was like a little bit of incest there. Yummy. Anyway, he didn't look good enough that I was going to stop him and find out. Not, not that good. Hey, you two boys. Watch out. I love you. Neil Rogers. Sports Leader. The glory hole. I want to give you an update of what took place just now off the air, because I think it's important you hear this. Howard just called the radio station, Howard David, who I get along with great, I thought. He called me and <laughs> saying I was trying to stir it up. My point back to Howard is don't listen. Listen to 101.5. Let me see, what age group? 101.5 for Howard, maybe 102.7. Some easily listening love music so you could focus on your wife and your family and the grandkids instead of listening and always calling the radio station. He's becoming Howard the Caller, like Howard from Boca. Howard from Boca. It's like, you know, it's okay. So anyway. He's, he's listening, so I just wanted to get the message out, and don't call my show, too, just for a record. Don't call off the air, because I don't want to talk to you, and uh, I don't want to hear you on the private line. Congratulations, you know the private line number, that's great. But don't call, because you're not coming on this show. You got, you've got your three hours, five to eight, Monday through Friday. You can talk all you want, but you're not coming on this show. And we'll leave it at that. All right? I got nothing against you. You seem like a decent person. No. And I know you've been getting a, taking a big hit on the radio station from Absolutely. everybody else, but it's over. Me and you, done. Oh, my God. It's not like a breakup. We could play that a hundred times a day and never hear it too much. I, that just I love that. I love that. Oh, you also love it, Chris? I, I was the one that was working that show that day, I told you. You were working Joe's show that day? Yeah, it was a oh, Saturday no, show. Right. You it's like yeah. you forgot. Yep. I'll be damned. And, and then he denied that he ever called the show. That, that's yeah, pretty it took, good. It took a week to finally uh, fess up to it. And who was it that went along with him and said, David no, Hagen. Call? Dave Hagen, who I thought was a real upstanding macho guy. The snake. That was yes. his nickname. I think somebody chopped his snake. How do you like that? I love Caved it. in. Caved in. He wouldn't stand up for the truth. He caved in. Well, you know, that mo was pretty intimidating. He had everybody on pins and needles. Everybody was afraid for their job. You never knew when he was going to throw that muskrat at you. In fact, that bomb bit. You know, that, that's one of the all-time best. And by the way, to the losers on Cloudy Channel, the gimmick didn't work. The gimmick was asinine. I appear on a program on a network which happens to be carried by Cloudy Channel. Mm-hmm. Guess what? What? Our midday guy had a lot of laughs with it. Who's that? The laughter ends at some point, my man. <laughs> and this dopiness perceived as shtick is asinine. A lot of trained <laughs> monkeys on that program. I, yeah. had the, I had to get the monkey sound. Had your fun. Fun's, Fun's over. over. Careful. Payback's a bitch. It's coming. It's coming. Buckle your seatbelts, because when I drop it, let what happened not. in Hiroshima in 45 is nothing. Because when I dropped the bomb on certain folks here and certain folks elsewhere, it's going to be painful, baby.
We don't want to get into personalities. <laughs> of course not. So uh, what all happened with that thing? I never heard about that one. Oh, that was kept very quiet because uh, he got uh, it, it had to do with the race, a racial thing. And he had a certain organization that were like going after. That was back when I was playing that Condoleezza bit, you know. Ah, okay. And the um, repar what was it called? Not repar restitution song. Mm-hmm. And oh boy, they're threatening to do this and threatening. Yeah, he uh, he went after. I, I wasn't left out of that for sure. Everybody was going to get canned. George was going to. He was right on the verge. Greg Reed called to tell me he was canning George. And of course, Zach got canned, but he he lies about it because he's still scared. No, I'm not scared. Yeah, you're intimidated easily by that little weasel clearance. Well, for for a little slimy guy like him, he sure has. Maybe he caught it from Mo. Then he rubbed off. You never know. But boy, he had them on pins and needles all the time. That's one thing. Say what you will about him, boy, but he sure had a good lawyer. He had them just. Reeling all the time. Oh, Moe's after he's threatening again, threatening again, like that. And so he's, he's a good not lawyer, around. huh? What? He's got a good lawyer. Hmm? Yeah, unlike some of us. Yeah. Now see, there you go, picking on Norma again. You didn't even know her. I didn't say anything. Yeah, no. All you're doing is hinting around. You picked that up from George. What? So you're just doing that to suck up to George, who's not even here this week. By the way. Yes. Milk and honey down to sixty. Oh, right. really? We did it. All right. right. You've got to be kidding me. And it's not like we're, they're doing us a favor. Like I always say on these deals, we're doing them a favor. We're giving them a great deal. They're getting like half off, 50% discount on great food. We did it! Yeah, we did it. We did it! We did the 1,000 votes on the first poll. We got 64 on the second poll. We did it! And we, did the, uh, we sold uh, six certificates for Joe Rose during the show today. It's not, it's not even our deal. You know, our people are saving the money for tomorrow, for Lucille's. But we did it, and you're welcome. Tell Joe that he's welcome. Oh, I I thank you from Joe. Do you? Oh yeah. Are you impressed? Very. Al Gore elevated to almost prophetic status for his campaign against global warming. Sunday night unveiled a new 300 million dollar ad blitz, blintz, intended to force a debate on climate change during the presidential elections. Yeah, those blintzes, man, were to die for it. That Myron's. I don't like blintzes. Well, they have plenty of the, the pastrami. My friend Dave had a pastrami sandwich, so I reached over and had a little bit of it to see. It was the best. The best. You don't like pastrami either? No, pastrami I could deal with. Blintz is no good. Blintz is no good, huh? You should live so long, Blintz is no good. I, this is a guy that says chutzpah. And what was the other thing you said, uh, like a real goy? What was the other word? Mozzarella. Well, no, that that was uh, like a Guido mozzarella. Oh my God! <laughs> That's what the cow said on the way out. Mozzarella. Good golly, the Italians are impaling themselves on sharp objects right now. Mozzarella. What a schmuck. Anyway, I don't even remember what the story was about. Oh, Al Gore. He appeared with his wife, Tipper, on the CBS program, 60 Minutes to Roll Out. The effort is to donate a share of his personal fortune to the campaign. Al Gore's guy, he invented the Internet first, and now he's going to save the planet. Attaboy, Al. Too bad they stole that election from him. The couple told 60 Minutes that they would donate his Nobel Prize money, as well as a matching sum in addition to their profits from the book and the movie, An Inconvenient Truth. The movie brought the issue of global warming home to millions of Americans, as well as winning Gore and Oscar. In his latest campaign, Gore said he hopes to persuade Americans that protecting the planet transcends the usual political divisions. 
We all share the exact same interest in doing the right thing on this, he told CBS. Are we destined to destroy this place that we call home planet Earth? I can't believe that's our destiny. It's not our destiny. But we have to awaken to the moral duty that we have to do the right thing and get out of this silly political game playing about it. This is about survival, Al B. Sand. The first TV ads, which are to begin airing on broadcast networks as well as cable starting today, will pair up the most unlikely partners in the movement to address global warming. A clip aired on CBS showed the Reverend Al Sharpton sharing a sofa with a conservative crazy-ass preacher, Pat Robertson. The two men acknowledged they agree on almost nothing, barring the need to deal with global warming. Other spots will feature the Democratic Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, that bitch, alongside Newt Gingrich, the conservative Republican who once held the same post. Nudie. Crazy-ass Nudie. He's still standing at his wife's bedside. She's still dying over there, and he still wants her to sign the papers, the divorce papers. Come on, honey, I'm banging some other bitch. All these great right-wing finger-pointers, man, they're all screwing their brains out. They're even doing the picnic table, if you ask me. That story is just, I don't know what to say about it. I was just hilarious. I know what to say. Splinters. Desperate. I mean, it, it transcends desperate. You think he romanced the table first? Oh, sure. He wrote first. Follow along. If you can romance the stone, that is right. Rock solid. <laughs> oh yeah. Woo! I hope he was drinking a lot. <laughs> yeah, during and before and yeah. after and after. Maybe uh, it was his girlfriend who was on the pot for two years. She made. It could be it. So he had Which to get romance. They, they must have had a second tea room in that house, wouldn't you think? Or he just like went outside or something. Yeah. Maybe they had a big hole in the backyard, like the Italians. Can you imagine walking by and just seeing that? Seeing what? Seeing her? How would you walk by and see her sitting on the toilet? No, I think he means no, seeing the, mean guy the, guy, the guy going to town. The guy going to town on the table. Dumping outside? Yeah. Can you imagine just walking by and seeing that? I wouldn't know what to do. I think you wouldn't know what to do, dude. I think I think I might watch. The best talent. Oh. Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The Sports Leader. It's Dave! You can't Miami Town. Absolutely. At 560 WQAM. Momo, I need your help. This is Momo. What do you want? I need to find Slimey. All right. What you do is head up here. And then you make a left in the light, see? Okay. And get around this guy. He's crawling. But the light's right up here. I don't care. Cut in front of him. This is our road now, see? Okay. And you call yourself a driver? Now you missed the choice. I didn't have time. That's what the gas pedal is there for, you muttonhead. You drive like an old yitty. Just tell me where to take it. Hey, we're being tailed. Step on it and follow that camera. What are you talking about? Ah, nothing. I just always wanted to say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that there's a mighty big dish you. Yeah, it's Neil's will. Now, wait a minute. Now, bite away something. Huh? You don't expect to throw that on the floor, do you? Yeah, why not? That's Linderin. Throw it out the window. Out the window? Don't give me a ticket for that. And I'll give you a ticket if you don't. Oh, all right. You might want to roll the window down voice, you moron. I'm turning you off. I wouldn't be the first one. Now, see here. See where? Over here, where the stop sign is. Now a hard right. And another right. And another left hook. It's raining. Put on your flashes, quick. 
Over there in section 127, take off those checkered pants. 